0: The title. What a fight. A career-altering event.
1: Look, we don't know the damage that Hell in a Cell did to you yet.
0: You want to go, go, go. You, you want to take it on the big show. And he's seven feet tall, 500 pounds. Seven feet tall, 500 pounds. And he's calling you out. He is going to rip you limb from limb. I can't protect you, Brock, if you don't play as a member of this team right here.
1: in history has seen many changes and as the architect of this revolution i consider myself to be the primary catalyst in creating a product vastly different from that of my opposition evolution is a necessary process not only manifesting itself in nature but a phenomenon occurring rapidly in world wrestling entertainment tonight The most ingenious creation in this evolution will come to fruition. The Elimination Chamber. Six men will enter this structure to fight for their survival. Engaging in a battle of the unknown. Placing their bodies, their futures, and their lives on the line. To secure the symbol of this evolution The World Heavyweight Championship
0: I hear a voice say, don't be so blind It's telling me all these things that you would probably
2: again and welcome to another episode of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number 24. I'm Intern Alex, joined as always by... The one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. And Patrick, last week I took a vacation to Puerto Rico, and so the podcast took a week off. And boy, what an eventful week in the world of professional wrestling, just yeah. overall. Yeah. And unfortunately, uh, we're going to start with, with, with the bad news yeah. uh, that happened within the last couple of weeks... Which is the passing of uh many, many former pro wrestling legends and pro wrestlers. And uh Yeah, uh Chavo Senior. If you don't know,
3: Chavo Senior is the father of Chavo Chavo but Guerrero Senior, or Chavo Classic. Yeah, as they call him as they call him. Uh was Eddie Guerrero's brother. As as good as Eddie was, Chavo's renowned as being probably the better of the the better of the whole family so the loss on that that's that's a
2: hard blow for for the Guerrero family which it would be anyway but what I wanted to say about Chavo Classic his real name's Salvador Guerrero III uh just the contribution of the Guerrero family to professional wrestling I think gets lost a lot of the time Uh, i mean eddie gets tons of respect i mean yeah i mean eddie is the most cited all the wwe superstars cite eddie guerrero right but the guerrero family itself i think kind of gets lost because you talk about the noy family the samoans or the Hart family right or just all these other legendary pro wrestling families and this kind of gets lost and chavo classic didn't have didn't have a super long career as a professional wrestler in fact he you know he was wrestling in the 1970s and briefly feuded with roddy piper for the nwa america's heavyweight championship he actually held he held this title 15 times between 1975 and and 1980 but you know by the late 80s he was pretty much he was pretty much out of the ring right but he did have a great stint in 2004 as Chavo Classic when the uh, of course the feud between Chavo Jr and Eddie was on screen and he contributed he did some he did some funny segments he was uh, i mean he was even on lucha underground
3: yeah But he's still renowned as probably one of, if not the greatest Guerrero out of the the family when it comes to just workability. Chavo
2: Classic also holds the distinction of being the oldest cruiserweight champion in history. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yes, that's correct. Chavo Classic beat Chavo Jr. and Spike Dudley in a triple threat match in 2004 on an episode of SmackDown. And so he was actually... A cruiserweight champion, pretty, pretty odd odd statistic. Well, I mean that's
3: you know that's something to actually be to hang your hat on to be proud of the fact that you're you were wrestling in the '70s and in 2004 you're still winning titles.
2: Like I say, the Guerrero family uh, just doesn't get enough respect, and, and unfortunately, yes, Chavo Classic passes away on February 11th of liver cancer, and he was only 68 years old. So we lost Chavo Classic. So, of course, our condolences to uh, Chavo and the rest of the Guerrero family. Uh, And then I wanted to briefly mention the passing of Nicole Bass. Now, Nicole Bass uh, was brought into the WWF as a female bodybuilder. This was essentially they thought they had another China on their hands when they brought her in. Right. Uh, she actually debuted in ECW. She aligned herself with Just Incredible Chastity and Jason, and then had a feud with Tommy Dreamer, Mikey Whipwreck, and Beulah McGillicuddy. She joined the WWF as Sable's bodyguard in 1999, and you know was being trained to actually get in the ring and have a match. Unfortunately, and just it's just the way timing worked out. Her debut match occurred at WWF Over the Edge 1999. So. A bit overshadowed by right by something else that uh, that happened that evening. They saw that she didn't have a lot of potential in the ring, but she you know was briefly associated with the oddities for a moment, didn't have a long career in the WWF, but uh, she did a thing with uh, like being in love with Val Venus at one point in time, that's basically all I remember her WWF career out of left the WWF and filed a lawsuit against them for sexual harassment claiming she was sexually assaulted backstage by Steve Lombardi aka the Brooklyn Brawler in 2003 the case went to court and was dismissed she was also regular on uh, one of my favorite radio shows, the Howard Stern show and uh, she was on there for many years, before and after uh, being in the WWF, and she contributed a lot of uh, great comedy on that show. So not a huge contribution to the world of pro wrestling, but she did pass away this week as well, so I just wanted to mention that. But then we had two big losses. Yeah. The two big ones. The, as a kid,
3: George Steele was, uh, was loved by, by so many kids. And uh, uh, just the, the like I said in my post, the stuffed animal, the green tongue, the the chewing on the turnbuckle, like it just it did a lot. And uh, and, and so. And Jim Myers. Yeah, Jim Myers was a was a a very caring individual
2: man, and
3: uh,
2: started wrestling in 1967, and essentially kept wrestling until the end, pretty yeah. much, would still do independent shows. Yeah. And you know what? Uh You know, this is a perfect example of a wrestler that, not known for his in-ring work by right. any means. But the but ca- could his entertain
3: the hell out of anybody. Hilarious. Yeah.
2: Great character. Always yeah. got the people. Anytime he walks out, the people got excited. The turnbuckle, I mean, chewing the turnbuckle spot, I mean, is is iconic. Yeah, you know, to me, he he's sort of my hero because he's a guy out of shape. You know, he's he's another Mick Foley. Yeah, yeah, I got an unlikely. Not all wrestlers have to look like bodybuilders. Bodybuilders, and not all wrestlers have to be great wrestlers. And he's probably one of the earliest innovators of the comedy wrestler. You know, we yeah. wouldn't have wrestlers like Santino Marella. Uh, James Ellsworth, you know, comedy wrestlers or Colt Cabana, right? Without people like Georgie Animal Steel, who, you know, isn't going to go in there and put on a five star classic, but can make people laugh and and just have a good, and just make it lighthearted. You know, yeah. it doesn't always have to be blood and guts in pro wrestling. And that's right. that's what I really think Georgie Animal Steel uh, brought to the industry. And of course, he was one of the earliest. WWE Hall of Famers was yeah. uh, one of the first people in. Went in
3: in uh, in ninety five, I believe.
2: That's correct. Yeah, before before it became what it before the big ceremonies right. we have now, and, it, and it only in the second
3: or third class. So because they started, I think in ninety three or ninety four. So yeah, he was
2: in the third class. So, but it but it wasn't it wasn't held on the stage that it is today, and it's unfortunate that it wasn't like, it's unfortunate that it, they didn't bring him back. You know, um, just to make an I mean, they did bring him back to make occasional appearances. He even came back uh, as recently as 2010. Showed up in a match between Kofi Kingston and David Otunga. So, I mean, yeah, always good for a laugh. Oh, yeah. And, and just a sweet
3: guy. I never got the opportunity to meet George Steele or talk to him in person, but we had shared messages back and forth on Facebook. Talking religion and things like that, and uh, and he just meant he meant so much to so many people, and, uh, and all like, around great guy. No yeah, one, yeah, like you said, an inspiration to to so many out there that aren't the bodybuilder type, that aren't the can put on a five star match, and
2: uh, lived a. I mean. Lived a quiet life, you know. Never
3: one of the no troubles. One of the most godly men I think I've ever spoken to.
2: And also, I mean, this is impressive. I mean, this is probably his most impressive statistic: that he was married to the same woman since 1956 for a wrestling marriage. That is, Yeah. yeah, to be together for 61 years. Yeah, yes, he was together with his wife for 61 years. Raised two kids. Uh, lived a quiet life in Cocoa Beach, Florida, and passed away February 16th, 2017, at the age of 79. So, Georgie Animal Steel. And uh, and then the hits, they, they just kept coming, Patrick. They just kept coming, and we I'm, lost Ivan Koloff, real name Oriel James Paras, I believe is how it's pronounced. Born in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, better known as the Russian bear Ivan Koloff this one this one hurts well yeah because just a couple years ago you were at a show with him
3: they all hurt Uh, well yeah but this one this one hurts um as you said yeah about four years ago i got the opportunity to meet ivan and uh we had we had a great 30 minute conversation and he uh he just fell in love talking to me and i did him and you know, it seemed like every year, about every six months, sometimes it would go a year that I would get a, uh, a phone call or I'd call him and just, you know, for another 20 or 30 minute conversation. And uh, if we didn't do that, we stayed in touch at least once a month, practically on uh, on Facebook and um, a true friend of mine and another one that was a true godly man. And uh, and this one, this one's uh, sorry. Uh, this was a man that I really looked up to in the in the industry and a man that really really meant a lot to me and made an impression on me and uh, he always joked around when when I was when was I going to get married so he could uh, he could do my wedding my whole thing is and this is where I'm a little frustrated here uh, on his facebook page I found a picture and it's uh, it says 21 years in the business and I'm still I'm still in it it says but you allow the likes of Drew Carey, Bob Eucher, Pete Rose, and Donald Trump in the WWE Hall of Fame, but you won't put me. A fan made that, and he just happened to post it. And uh, it makes so much sense because when you read the statistics, his biggest feud was the fact that he was the first person to beat, he might have been the second person, but to beat Bruno Martino.
2: He ended Bruno's seven and two-third year reign as champion in the, the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. The longest reign in history. Now, he was just a transitional champion, but to be able to be booked for that spot is, is quite an accomplishment. He would later drop the, the title to Pedro Morales just 21 days later. 1971, like you said. Had great feuds with uh, San Martino, Morales, superstar Billy Graham, Bob Backlund. He also holds the distinction to be the first opponent to ever challenge for the worldwide wrestling federation heavyweight championship in a steel cage yeah the the innovator of the russian chain match not only that but spawned and you know it's not politically correct anymore but spawned i mean even to this day rusev you know um yeah the evil foreigner stereotype i mean he he's canadian you know he was born in canada but you know the you know the russian bear yeah just any any type of foreign heel character draws great inspiration from Ivan Koloff. I mean not to mention we got Nikita Koloff spun off from, you yeah. know, that character and then you got his Nikolai, kayfabe, Nikolai Volkov spun off as well. Any evil foreign heel? <laughs> yeah. This is like one of the originals. If not the original, it's pretty much know. he is the original, yeah. Now you mentioned him not going into the WWE Hall of Fame. And as we've talked about on this, this podcast, and we'll continue talking about it for several, several more times, this Hall of Fame is largely, it's, it's based on politics. Yeah. And the reason that, that Koloff is not in the Hall of Fame probably has to do with this. He was named as a defendant in a 2015 lawsuit filed by WWE WWE Fickle WWE Came after this man In 2015 With a lawsuit After they received a letter from him Telling them That he was going to consider suing them About concussion related injury Like a lot of There's still an ongoing lawsuit Involving a lot of names I'm not sure if I, Ivan Koloff Is part of this class action lawsuit
3: he he he's not a part of this this late this later one, but as you said, yeah, he was one of the first ones.
2: But just like demolition, uh, just like a lot of other wrestlers who are not in the Hall of Fame for various reasons. I mean, this company, and, and just like we talked about with with Cody Rhodes not being able to use his name, this company, yeah. Vince, Vince, and this company can be a real asshole sometimes. And just out of spite, deny people... You know, what is it... What is it... You know, what's so bad about putting this guy in this Hall of Fame? You know, what What damage would that have done? I know that, that they have a personal issue... Yeah. But you know your accomplishments should outweigh what you the Hall of Fame should not be, it
1: should be what your... you
3: give to WWE. The Hall of Fame should be what you gave to the industry and what you gave back to the fans out in that ring and on that microphone. Plain and simple, what happens behind the curtain, what happens stays, after you're out stays behind the curtain. And that's the problem is with WWE lately has opened that curtain to let people come backstage and see the in and see all the the politics and all the BS and what it is is this right here one of the greatest men in professional wrestling history a man i was honored to call a dear friend of mine has passed away and yet still not in the hall of fame when he was the one who beat bruno san martino and ended the longest reign in wwe probably the longest title reign in wrestling history word for vince senior
2: you know, I mean, I mean, this most everybody else from the World Wide Wrestling Federation era is in the hall. Is of in Street. the Hall of Fame. I mean, Vince Senior's limo driver is in the Hall of Fame. It's outrageous, Patrick. It really is, and, and, it, and it really angers me as well. Um, but I mean,
3: his list of accomplishments, like you said, World Wide Wrestling Federation champion, 1971; Canadian heavyweight champions, 1968 through 1969; 1976 through 1977, he was Florida tag team champions; 1978 through 1979, he was Georgia Championship tag team champions. 1984 to 1988, he was multi-time NWA tag team champions. 1989, he was NWA six-man tag team champions and retired in 1994. Over a 40-year span career, this man deserves to be recognized. Was
2: on the very first ECW card. Yeah. I mean, worked for JCP, worked for uh, uh, Mid-Atlantic, which—well, Mid-Atlantic, JCP, WCW— been yeah. everywhere, Puerto Rico, been all over the world. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a true legend. And he passed away February 18th, age 74, from liver cancer, which is is just terrible. You have my number. If you need anything, just pick up the phone and call. And another guy, just like Georgie Animal Steel, he he was only 5'7". He was only 5'7". Yes. And he weighed around 270. And yes, not a not a I mean, very muscular dude. I mean, not right. like not like ripped, but but yeah. you could tell this dude, he was a Russian bear. He looked like a bear sort of. Like he had, you know, the the fact here, if you've ever heard his
3: testimony, and I'm sure it's videotaped. The man was down and out and staring down the the barrel of a pistol in New York City in an alleyway due to drugs. And alcohol, and battled back from it. Yeah, I wrote about it in his book, Life in the Trenches. This man hit rock bottom and battled
2: back from it. You and he hear... also, and he also wrote a book called, "Is That Wrestling Fake?" The bare facts in 2007. So I mean, yeah. in addition to everything else, an, an an author. I mean, what an amazing, what an amazing life to have lived, and what an amazing loss. Just like I said about the Hall of Fame, though. Other than maybe split the 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 in memoriam, I don't. You're not getting a tin bell salute. You're not getting a video montage. You're not getting of Ivan. Yeah.
3: Oh, I know. Uh, uh, if I if if they don't do it, it's going it, it's, it's going to really piss me off. Like well, I'm not gonna lie. But because well, and we talked about this a few weeks
2: ago. Jimmy Snuka got one. Okay, right
3: and that. that and and I came to his defense on that but I agree with you on this argument if Jimmy Superfly Snooka can for the love of god you better show fucking respect to Ivan Koloff
2: yeah it's just it's totally unfair but yeah i mean it's out of our control but you know yeah we'll, we'll... it's uh it's 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 a hard loss
3: and uh, i mean they all are don't do not get me wrong oh, do I mean, not yeah. take my do, please do not take that the way it came it came across when it's somebody that you know personally, when it's somebody that you were honored and proud to call a friend, when it's somebody that you s- spent time with, and like I did with Ivan Koloff, and to, to still, to this day, not been shown the respect and the gratitude he deserves, is a travesty in this business.
2: I, I think that's a good place to end on, yeah. th- on that. I mean, unfortunately, I, I just see it's going to keep happening. It's just going to keep happening to guys over and over, and it's been happening for years, you know. And before we move on to just general pro wrestling news, while we're on the subject of the Hall of Fame, putting these guys in, they need to try and put these guys in while they're still alive. And so last year, of course, when Vader came out with his health news, I'm sorry, I love Kurt Angle, but Vader should have been the first name announced. We should be planning We should
3: have put Ivan in... A long time before yeah. now do not make his wife walk out and have to on the on the stage and take this or you know accept this award for him Well see and that's the thing that's what's going to happen now. if if they acknowledge it if they acknowledge it that's what's going to happen now and that's wrong and like you said Vader now has come out with health news you know battling back and forth and apparently rumors are I have not speak but rumors are that Vader's in really bad health
2: yeah one man gang lost his house earlier uh, last year due to some flooding there's a lot of wrestlers that are in need of help and that are in bad health that do I mean the industry's never had health insurance for these guys they're in poor health but all I'm saying is I think just do the right thing and induct them while you can. Yeah. And instead of like uh, we, instead of just mentioning it in a pat like. We put in as a gimmick
3: inductee the likes of Drew Carey.
2: Snoop Doggy Dog. <laughs> Donald Trump. Right. Mr. T. Bob Uecker. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ben. When that
3: spot could be filled for somebody who really deserves it,
2: yeah, and you know pisses me off. You know how much it would cost him a plane ticket to fly him out there, put him in a hotel, and give him a ring.
3: If you told That's if it. you told those guys that, hey, I'm going to induct you in the Hall of Fame. I'm gonna put you up in a hotel, but you got to come out here. There's not a single person that would not open their pocket as for myself and pay for that plane ticket for Ivan to go in the hall. Oh thing. no, I mean the company would have. I know, but I'm just saying, like the, the company doesn't even have to go to that full of an extent. All you have to do is just acknowledge and give them that opportunity, and these guys will figure out a way to to go to make it there to accept this. It means a lot to them. It means that much to them. It's like WWE is giving... It's like that. It's like holding a, a carrot tied to a stick in front of a mule. You sit there and shake it. That mule's going to keep going, but he's never going to reach it. And that's what WWE's doing is they they sit there and say, "Oh, well, you could go in the Hall of Fame." But you got to be friends with us. But you got to be, yeah. You can't stand up for yourself. You can't, you just better bow Don't down. Don't ever ask us for any kind of, you know, money exactly. or help or anything, you know. On the other side of it, WWE has done a lot for sending people to drug rehab and things like that. Other than just that. That's the bare minimum that they could do, really. Guys, like you said, of one-man gang. Guys with health health problems. Harry Saturn was in bad health a few weeks ago. Exactly. Exactly. These guys need more than just send me to drug rehab. Yeah. These guys need actual help. When is WWE, who has the resources, who has the money, gonna get off their fucking ass and do something about it.
2: And like like I said, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't cost them much just to put them in the hall of fame and, and just to be on that stage and accept the Hall of Fame, it means a lot to the wrestler personally. And also opens up opportunities for them to then go. To, they can charge more for autograph signings. They can, you know, they get seen by people. People might want to hear their story. They might get a book deal. Yeah, it opens doors for a legends contract that pays them whatever. A video appear in the video game, get three hundred bucks or whatever. You know, even that it opens so many doors just to put these guys in the Hall of Fame, and it costs them nothing to do it. So, and yeah. and that's that's money that people like.
3: Guys like One Man Gang could could put to build his house back, or right, you know, it's getting ridiculous, and it's getting to where.
2: And some wrestlers, some wrestlers are the victim of their own life choices after they leave the business, but at the same time, like I said, just to give the guys the proper respect that that deserve it, that's the minimum that that the company could do, and they should do, and they should stop being so petty. Yeah, and just get over yourself, you know.
3: I mean, I, I was happy to see Ultimate Warrior bury the hatchet and go in the Hall of Fame.
2: And thank goodness they did it. And
3: exactly, they, that weekend we yeah. were there was the weekend that I actually got the opportunity to meet the Ultimate Warrior. Not realizing two days later he's going to die.
2: Yeah, and if they hadn't have done that, I mean, if they hadn't put him in the Hall of Fame, yeah, you never know. That's like know. this
3: crap with Hogan. Let's be completely honest right oh, now. Oh, yeah. We, we not caught Hogan on this show quite a bit, okay? Hogan said something out of context over, what, seven to ten years ago? Well, it was secretly videotaped, too. Correct. I mean. Okay. One word. <laughs> yeah. But yet you've heard Vince McMahon on live television right. say it three and four times. Yeah. Shut up. Get over it and move past it.
2: Yeah, and well, and and it's not—it's ridiculous. And, and Hogan doesn't need the money, but it's—it's no, it's nice to it's, just the acknowledgement. It's an—we're using examples.
3: That's—we're not saying these people need help. That's. Do not get me wrong. That's just an example of how petty.
2: Yeah. They That's can be. That's all it takes. They That's can it, be. Yeah. Uh, it's a tough transition now into other yeah. news, but. Uh, so the Hall of Fame inductees this year thus far, we already knew about Kurt Angle, but then we my, got... My good friends, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson, the Rock and Roll Express. Finally! I called them both, congratulated them both over over the phone, and... Uh, you know what's an absolute tragedy, though, is if they don't let Jim Cornette induct the Rock and Roll Express. Because, again, pettiness. Or, or, if they wait
3: another 10, 15, 20 years... One of my closest friends, beautiful Bobby Eaton, does not get what he deserves and go in the Hall of Fame, knowing that he was one of the very first ones that a lot of people don't realize worked for WWE backstage to get their training seminar started, which later became NXT. He paved that ground for them over a three-year span, and the fact that... Because he's aligned with Jim Cornette or something right. on those lines,
2: and Cornette's on the outs. Cornette should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that he may never get that opportunity. That is, yeah, that that more pettiness. That yeah. So, so I thought Rock and Roll Express though is a, is a great choice. Uh, I'm going to be very disappointed, like I said, if it, if it's not Cornette inducting them. I have a feeling it's just going to be like the revival or some you know tag team that's on the Rock. sort of like how with. You know the, the fab- ascension
3: or some crap. Well, probably yeah.
2: Or like when the Fabulous Freebirds, you know, the New Day inducted the Fabulous Freebirds. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, I mean, they brought out Terry Gordy's son and um, they, yeah, they brought out Buddy Roberts' kid and, and Terry Gordy's son when when Michael P.S. Hayes and uh, Jimmy Jam were on stage. But you know, the induction was done by the New Day. I mean, what kind of sense does that make? You know, there's not a lot of people from world class left to do it, but Von Eric, I mean the Von Eric guy, he could have done it. Kevin, yeah, Kevin, he could've. came out too at the end, towards the yeah. end of it. But
3: well, and that, I think that's that was one good thing is is WWE wasn't going to do it, and it was Michael Hayes that stood up and said, "No, Ke- Kevin needs to be a part of this because
2: without the Von Eric's, there wouldn't be a Freebirds." Yeah, but and so I'm very happy with the Rock and Roll Express going in. So congrats. WWE finally they got one right. Yeah. Okay. Now the next one you and I are going to argue about. Okay. I have a feeling. Okay. Because I'm sorry, I I love Teddy Long. Teddy Long has been in the business for a very very long time. He's done a lot of he's a he's been a referee, he was on the ring crew, he was a manager. He was the probably the longest running general manager character in the history. Of the company, great, great mind for the business, fun, funny guy, hilarious. But Patrick, Patrick, I'm sorry, bro, not in my health. Really, I, I wouldn't put him in. I'm sorry. And I love Teddy. This is not a knock on Teddy. I I called and congratulated Teddy as well. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I it, he... well, it's happening. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's going to happen. Yeah, I'm just saying, in my opinion, I. But I, you know, I also didn't think. I didn't think Edge deserved to be in the hall. I mean, there's a lot of oh yeah, the there's a, I can't, the list goes. I mean, we already mentioned Drew Carey and all the, that. That all goes the,
3: that goes right back to 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 our, our argument of earlier. You're putting in Edge, who essentially is going to live another 30, 40 years, but
2: yet you didn't put in these guys that are not only that, but I don't think Edge. I don't think Edge. Edge, Edge, another very nice. Seems like a very nice guy. See, yeah, I've never Adam met him. Adam Copeland but he,
3: is a, is an awesome dude.
2: Adam um, Copeland, yes, very funny, good actor. But I'm talking about to me, a Hall of Fame should be people that makes make impacts in the business.
3: I think Adam Copeland. I think Edge should have gone in the Hall of Fame. Do I think it was so soon? Was it right to put him in as quickly as they did? No, when you have guys out there that are not don't have anywhere near as much time as
2: well. I mean, you never. I mean, life can. I mean, I'm
3: yeah, correct. Do not get me wrong. We're going just by general
2: statistics. statistics. but Teddy Long. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, bro. And I, I, I know you probably think he is. I think uh, he should
3: go in the Hall of Fame. <laughs>
2: I, I'm sorry, I and I feel like this is one of those inductees where I talked about it a few episodes ago where they're really into inducting people that are alive, that are on good terms with the company. If they don't have someone like Rodney
3: Mack. Now, do you remember Rodney Mack? Yes, okay. I do. If it was not for Teddy Long, WWE would not have ever even touched Rodney Mack.
2: Oh, Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, also, Teddy A, Long managing Doom, Ron yeah. Simmons, I mean, there should have been many, many more African Americans in the pro wrestling business. Correct. Uh, way earlier than the 80s or whenever Teddy Long got started, but as it happened, you know, he was one of the most prominent African Americans in pro wrestling, maybe the first African American referee in Jim Crockett, I'm not sure, but it's it's you like... You could possibly make that... Uh, I... I would feel safe in making that assumption. And there are people like uh like Pistol Pez Watley, you know, there there are old African American pro wrestlers, but Thunderbolt Patterson. Yeah, same thing.
3: Thunderbolt Why Patterson. Why is he in the Hall of Fame? He
2: should be in the Hall of Fame. Well, yeah, considering uh well, JYD stole his entire gimmick. Yeah. But so in that Also the way they select these Hall of Fame, it's just it, it it follows a pattern. It seems to be following a pattern now. It's one really you you need the headliner. Yeah. Who's alive. You need a deceased legend. Yes. You need a tag team. Yes. You need a woman. Yes. And you need a minority. And that's what the role Teddy Long fills this year is the minority, and then your celebrity, and then a, and then just some random celebrity, yeah, and that's your
3: six, which I disagree with, but
2: yeah, and,
3: and it's it's not right, it's um, uh, but
2: yeah, I love Teddy, but just just not a not a Hall of Famer, sorry,
3: and and as I was saying, if it's not someone like Rodney Mack or someone like Ron Simmons. Someone who WWE wouldn't have took a second look at if it wasn't for Teddy Long standing up and saying, no, we need that dude.
2: Well, I mean, Rodney Mack wasn't a huge success, but at least he got a crack. At least he got a shot. Right. They would have
3: never even have given him a. He would still be on the independent circuit if it wasn't for Teddy Long saying, hey, let, let Throw him on
2: my throw him on my roster. I'll, I'll he'll he'll do good. Let's move on from legend and Hall of Fame talk, and let's talk about a little bit of what happened in in the current world of pro wrestling. Yeah, I want to start with Elimination Chamber. I have not seen the show. I was on vacation. Uh, what and I don't care about the undercard at all. But what happened uh, it was it wasn't a bad
3: show. It wasn't a bad pay per view. Obviously Bray Wyatt walks out champion, and you have you, you have Randy Orton who. Won the Royal Rumble and now they're doing the natural th- feud. Well, they're doing the thing where Randy's saying no and he's giving up his spot. So this this Tuesday night they're going to have a battle royal basically to to determine the main event for WrestleMania. Now that's their gimmick. I don't believe it. I don't think it's right if they actually do do it. I
2: really would like to see Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. That's the direction that they're gonna go in. Yeah, they 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 have a lot of time to fill between now. They don't have another pay per view, a right. SmackDown pay per view between now and then. What I wanted to bring up, though, is the Cena two-week title run. Oh, yeah. Okay, now... And what, he
3: got eliminated really early yeah, in the chamber, too. It which I thought
2: was a great idea. Yeah. Which, I, which we'll talk about later about the show we reviewed this week, which is, I, I kind of thought, we'll get into that later. Okay. I talk about it all the time. This company just leaves money on the table Yeah. all the time. Yeah. And this tying the 16th, this... This fictional record, the tying of the Ric Flair record, could have been a huge event. Yeah. Okay? They minimized it, and he beat AJ Styles at... Royal Rumble. Yeah, at Royal Rumble. Now, if you're just going to drop the belt two weeks later, why couldn't you have just had AJ retain... To me, Patrick, there's no shame in losing your belt in a multi-man match. To me, that's not as bad... As just flat out losing clean in a singles match, I, it
3: would have been more believable if he had won it here in the elimination chamber. Oh, Cena! Yeah. Instead of, instead of it being one on one, because that took not only the this new elimination chamber. But that would have added more glitz and glamour to the match. Like, hey, you've got this guy, this guy, this guy. But you've got Cena here who's challenging to tie this world title. Yeah, can he not, instead of overcoming one, let's see if he can overcome five more men and actually do this. How bad does he want it? How bad does he want it?
2: And then if they still wanted to do put the belt on Bray and still make it Bray and Orton, they could flip it on SmackDown in a i mean or make it a triple threat or you know something along those lines um i just think that
3: they're going to have cena win win it and he's going to be the first 17-time champion at well, wrestlemania i don't think it this year's wrestlemania though you know that with the
2: current the current rumor you know what they 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 are they're going they're, they're, they're going to waste john cena in a mixed tag match really they are going to the rumor is they are going to pair him with Nikki Bella. This is Nikki Bella wants to retire, and she wants to have her final match with her boyfriend slash husband. Almost, yeah. And they're going to take on Miz and Maurice in a mixed tag, and that is the direction that I hope Maurice beats the shit out of her. <laughs> well, and then John Pollock threw this out on their podcast. So Cena and Nikki they win the match. And then, Patrick... Cena proposes? Yes. Oh, my God. In the middle of the ring. That, But that's the direction they seem to be going, because I, I don't think that Cena will be getting the belt back before... I don't think Cena's getting a crack at the belt at, rest, at this WrestleMania. Because, like I said, they do leave a lot of money on the table, but breaking the record? Patrick, if they... There's money in breaking they, out Well they need to spend a year building. Yeah, that needs to be a and he He needs to have that
3: He, he needs need, We need to go back to that that Ultimate Warrior Hulk Hogan build for WrestleMania six. He needs to build throughout that year and start getting steam, like, I want that title after Mania. I want that title. And then they look at him and say, Okay. You want it? Survivor Series, you have to do this. SummerSlam, you have to do this. Then it hits Royal Rumble. He has to be number one and run the gauntlet. And be like, if you want it that bad, you gotta really, really work for it. Yeah. Or and make that that full blown build. That way when when he finally gets it, the crowd, the fans are invested in the fact that Man, I, I, He's been chasing. I fought for him while he chased this thing forever and a day, and finally, not only is it I'm seeing him get it, but I'm, I'm ecstatic too because I was invested in finally getting, you know, carrying him through my cheers and hopes and dreams, carrying
2: him to that point. Or just give him series of matches for for the next year until WrestleMania, where. He gets cracks at at the champion occasionally, and he gets the you know yeah. so close, yeah, so close. Yeah. But something either interference happens, or maybe right. or the guy kicks out at the last second, and he just he always comes up that much, you know. He's always that close, but yeah. he just can't get it, and he goes on a losing streak. You know, and yeah. he he gets you know some TV wins every once in a while, but overall. He just he just can't get over that hump, and then finally WrestleMania does it, confetti, the WrestleMania moment, seventeen flares beside him, yeah. Charles Robinson, whatever the yeah. whole thing. So yeah. yeah, they they've got to do something like that with him. Um, so I thought that this, but I thought that this two week title reign in the sixteenth thing they didn't make a big enough deal about it, and I thought that that. They could have just kept the belt on AJ. And yeah. uh, it really didn't matter who had the belt. When you lose in the Elimination Chamber, to me, it's just not that big of a deal. Because what can you do? Right. It's like losing... It's like sort of when they took the belt off Roman Reigns at, la- at last year's Royal Rumble. You're up against 29 guys. You yeah. lost. There's no shame in that. Yeah. So, it, it's... It, It sucks that you lost the belt, but it's it's worse to just go out there in a normal singles match and get beat clean.
3: Yeah. Okay. All right. I've got a few more. Okay. All right. Mick Foley is going to be replaced as Raw GM. That is the rumor going around, something to do with the facts of health as it pertains to him traveling on the road. As oh, much. he needs hip surgery. He's going to be out for a while. Okay, he, he needs so hip surgery. He is going to. That they're saying that's the case.
2: Um and uh and Stephanie, Stephanie's, I mean she's she's never been a a, ba- a you know a baby face. Right. I mean, she can never be a baby face, but she's. You know, with this story with Seth Rollins, who hopefully will return in time for WrestleMania, you can tell she's start she's turned she's she's made she's she, making that heel turn. Well, she's gone. She's ramped it up. Yeah, she's she's going back to evil Stephanie.
3: Jason David Frank. Do you know who this is? The Green Ranger. Yes, the Green Power Ranger, the original Green Power Ranger. He flat out said he is walking away from MMA and he wants a tryout with WWE. He wants to be able to work for WWE.
2: He's in his forties
3: now. They're not going to give him a look. I don't think they will either. But that is a name that they may say, "Well, we can put a put a WWE twenty four or WWE whatever special." If they ever bring him.
2: tough enough back, that would be a great a great cast uh, yeah. choice. Yeah. I, it seems like they've given up on Tough Enough, but... Thank God. I mean, that's how basically... I mean, the, Miz, the Miz was a reality star and yeah. and, turned, and went to Tough Enough and, and became a wrestler and headlined a WrestleMania. Yeah. I mean, the story of this guy... And married Maurice, a former play, Playboy Playmate. This guy... The Miz's journey has just been magical, if yeah. you really think about it. And uh, so if if... If it was something like that, and I don't know if it's going to be a Jason David Frank just because of his age, but some other sort of semi-celebrity, you know, maybe not really a star, but like an actor type. Okay. Like, remember the guy the guy that plays on, on Arrow that had that match with Stardust yes. a couple of years ago? Yes. Like, maybe he decides one day, I really love wrestling. I just want to train to be a wrestler.
3: Yeah, and gives so, up acting and goes and does... Yeah. Just something like that.
2: That yeah. would make for an entry I would watch that
3: show. Absolutely. My next one, uh, the sit-down with JBL, uh, Stan Hansen special. Now, you are not... You you do not know much about Stan Hansen, we have established, correct? No, no. I saw his Hall of Fame speech. He but seemed like a really nice guy. That's pretty much... Okay. That I You need to watch this. this. This was phenomenal. And anybody who doesn't know who Stan Hansen is... This will explain exactly what what he was.
2: Well, of course it's going to I mean, of course it's going to be great cuz JBL loves these Texas wrestlers. <laughs> he loves cowboy wrestlers. And I mean, he's he's a cowboy. <laughs> right. So, you know. And by the way, this is the end of uh, Legends with JBL. This is the last one. Really? No more. No more Legends They're with JBL. They're not going to do any more at all. Yeah, that's what I've read. No more Legends with JBL. And remember that he had the uh, the thing with Medusa. And yeah. I vaguely remember her saying that she was taking... I think that they're switching to her for the... I don't know if it's going to be called Legends with Medusa or something. But, but I, a,
3: like a sit-down type Legends roundtable kind of thing when they did... Remember they did their Legends roundtable that we love so much. Well,
2: well. I, I love the Legends roundtable, but I think it's going to be another one-on-one... Like yeah. legends with JBL, but yeah, this is it. This is it for uh, for, legends him, of, yeah, for him. But maybe
3: Medusa will take over or somebody. Yeah,
2: yeah. Because I, I think
3: it's a it's something they don't need to drop.
2: Like I complained about, bring it to the table. Sometimes JBL is just towing the company line a little too much for me. Yeah. So that's I love the Austin podcast because I mean some he gets fed some he's he's fed some
3: stuff, but he 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 doesn't always go with what he was fed. You know, and when it's live, he can get away with it,
2: and because of who he is, right? So, and because yeah, he's not he's not actively with the company, so he doesn't care. So, yeah, so I'll check that out. Thanks for recommending that to me. Yeah, no, it's it's really
3: really phenomenal. Um, This happened literally about two weeks ago, right before you left town. Uh, Confirmation: Lita did quit with
2: WWE. Yes. Well. She was heavily ridiculed online from comments that I read about her pre-show performances, her panel performances. Great wrestler, but the, the, it just wasn't, it's just not her, it's just not it's, not, it's not for everybody. Yeah. Darren Young
3: will not be great again for another six months. He's having to have an elbow surgery and he's at
2: least going to be out six months, maybe later. Darren, Titus, I think it's time to hang it up, guys. Like I said on the last podcast, sometimes it's just what, what, what Yeah, I'm with you. I'm just, I know exactly where you're going with this. I just don't understand if you have been so misused your whole career. You're not even a comedy character, like we talked about, Georgie Animal Steel. You're not even a beloved comedy character. They're not you, like end zone casts, right? You're you're just you're in no man's land. Yeah, and I don't. You're just there as a body. That's it. You're collecting a paycheck, and I understand people have families to feed and stuff. Yeah. But I can't see how Darren Young or Titus O'Neil get any enjoyment out of working for this company. No, because the Titus brand
3: has died a long time ago. Yes. Um, Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor, 11. Here's a match that I predicting is going to be amazing. It is going to be a Texas Bull Rope match with Cody Rhodes, Jay Lethal. Watch it. Tune in. I got a feeling this is going to tear the house down and possibly be
2: a candidate for match of the year. I'm of the understanding that uh, Kevin Kelly's time at Ring of Honor is winding down, so they, they are in a... They're in a bad they're Bad in a, place. They're in a transitional period with their announcing team yeah. because Steve Carino's gone, Nigel McGinnis is gone, and now you're losing Kevin Kelly. So we'll we'll see what happens with the commentary desk there. It's not like WWE where there's 15 guys sitting at the table. But uh, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I'll check that out. Uh, Ring of Honor always puts on a great show. Breeds the stars of tomorrow. Right, Bailey. If they if they market her correctly, she can be the female John Cena. You think so? Absolutely. If people didn't, if the ratings went down for that main event, here's why: because the Festival of Friendship was the greatest Raw segment that I have seen in many many years on Raw, and that took up the middle of the show. Yeah. And if you're inter- if you were only interested in the- which the Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho, friendship and breakup this storyline, this year-long build basically has been the best thing this company's done in a long time. And this was the payoff to it. Yeah. And Jericho was fun- this was his best performance as a as the game show host, as the sincere friend as bringing it bring come here brother I just want to tell you I love you it's been the best year in my career just unveiling the poster you know the birth that poster I don't usually like their photoshop shit that they do but yeah. that is hilarious the birth of Kevin with their little fingers touching and yeah and 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 then Kevin Owens response is I can't hang that up I got kids at home this fe- the festival of friendship Jericho Owens breakup yeah and then he got sl- Slam Jericho into the Jeritron five thousand, which is a callback, you know, to the barbershop window, or when yeah. Jericho threw Michaels into the Jeritron. Right. This was phenomenal. Yeah, this was in, but this was in the middle of the show, and if this is what you wanted to see, you might have tuned out at that point. Yeah, because the Bailey Charlotte title match. Why would you think? I know, I know, I know, I know, that Charlotte loses this belt every. Time she wrestles on Raw, so there's a so I can understand why people would want to stick around. But at the same time, Bailey got beat bad by her. Yeah, at Royal Rumble. Yeah, she's not. It's not believable. It wasn't believe. Yeah, exactly. If I'm a viewer and I see that's the main event, I'm not thinking a title change is going to happen because Bailey's not a credible challenger to Charlotte. No, not on the same level at all. And it's not Bailey's fault. She's just it's been, the way she's been booked. Right, the ratings. It's hard to keep people for three hours anyway. Right, but if they went down, it's because of that. Yeah, and the fact that they, I, I can't. Well, I can because they keep doing it. I can't believe again money on the table that they had Charlotte drop this belt again on Raw, but not just to Sasha. To Bailey because Bailey is a baby face. The beauty like like we talked about the scene of Build the Seventeen. The fun is in the chase and the payoff the reward is the winning of the belt. Yeah. This was a WrestleMania moment. It should have been. This could have been the ending of the Charlotte Streak, eventually. Yeah. But now but they wasted it. Yeah. They fucking blew it. Because I don't understand. And I love Bailey, and I love Charlotte, and I think they're great. Not only that, flipping this belt devalues it, and I mean, I've always felt that. But imagine, like, we were at WrestleMania thirty. Mm-hmm. Imagine if Daniel Bryan won the belt on SmackDown on just some random SmackDown, yeah, a couple weeks before, a month before. <laughs> I mean, that's what they—that's what they sacrificed. Yeah, they lost.
3: Here, they could have made it to where. She's pinned her every time in non-title matches, but she just can't pull it out in those title matches. Booked it right for WrestleMania, and they could have had another Daniel Bryan with Bailey
2: winning that title. And I'm not saying baby faces always have to prevail at WrestleMania. No. But it is nice, it is nice to have those moments, especially yep. for the first title win.
3: That, I, yeah, I agree with that, yeah. With that first title win, there's so much out there that they for, really could have done.
2: Remember last year I thought the WrestleMania card was so wonky. It was booked so wonky. I mean they had AJ Styles lose to Chris Jericho for no reason. Yeah. And Dean Ambrose and Brock Lesnar, what a shitty match that was. And then you had uh well, uh But but think of the Intercontinental title. Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Okay. But think about Zack Ryder had an amazing moment. Yes. The biggest moment of his life yes. happened. In front of nearly a hundred thousand people. He had his WrestleMania moment. Because he'll never get close to the world title. He
3: had his his career defining moment. Yeah. It was a beautiful moment. He can retire because he's not going to go above that. <laughs> well I'm not and, I mean, let's be real. And he's injured right now too, but But I mean, let's be real. I mean, he
2: is not going to challenge for a world title. And he's he, not. I know, and he, he's held titles before, but imagine if he had just won that, that Intercontinental title. I mean, after years of losing. You know, he's yeah. a perennial loser. Yeah. Imagine, which, which is what he was. Yeah, and so just imagine if they just gave that away on Because, I mean, on, when,
3: when we were watching WrestleMania together and he walked out, we both said, oh, well, we know he's not going to win. And
2: we, we both believed that to the core. Oh, he was—he wasn't even originally booked to be in the match. Someone got hurt. He was a last-minute replacement to be even be in the match. Yeah. Imagine if he had just won that belt on Raw, there would have been no reaction. It would have just been like, what? There, it, there would have been a nice little celebration, but not, not a hundred thousand people going woo, woo, woo. Just yeah. an iconic scene. Yeah. yeah. You, you set that's that's Edge's of spear off
3: of a twenty-foot ladder. That yeah. is that's that's. WrestleMania moments. WrestleMania thirty with people yesing. I mean
2: that that yeah. that was a moment. And Bailey could have had that moment, right? And they blew it uh, <laughs> for no fucking reason. And Charlotte's going to win the belt back at the next pay. Oh yeah, so <laughs> two more, two more, and we're
3: going to the pay per view. Yeah,
2: yeah.
3: Uh, Emelina
2: <laughs> Okay. 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 <laughs>
3: Okay. What the hell? <laughs> well they, they they say it's going to be first of all, they say this is gonna be a six week build, okay? They push it to seventeen weeks.
2: It was over hundred and thirty something days.
3: She seventeen weeks. She comes out and they immediately make her say, Oh no, wait for the
2: transformation back to Emma. And she walks away. There has to be one or two writers on this staff that love doing this shit because okay, remember the Shining Stars? Same fucking thing. Promote <laughs> it for weeks. Come to Puerto Rico, Shining Stars. All these promos. Oh yeah. man, what have they got for us? What are th- yeah. this? Must be something good. Yeah, nothing. Okay, <laughs> then SmackDown. Kurt Hawkins, the Hawkins facts. You know, yeah. Kurt Hawkins can bend spoons with his mind, and you know all these weeks and weeks and weeks of build. Yeah. What happens? Nothing. Big fart. Yeah. Shit, they, I mean, they traded Jack Swagger to SmackDown. He comes out, cuts a promo one night. This was, you know, months ago. Yeah, yeah, Jack Swagger! It's a new Jack Swagger! Hasn't been seen since. Yeah. There's just somebody on the staff that just loves fucking with people. Well, here's here's the backstory.
3: They want to kind of get back towards the, they want to blur that line of sex appeal and diva-esque with the bikinis and all that, but still want to keep it just PG. And they're wanting to blur that line, and they wanted her to be that person, but they kept having to push it back, debuting that because of the fact they said she wasn't invested in the character. She wasn't comfortable enough in being that character.
2: From the promos, it seemed like it was just going to be like Eva Marie. It was going to be the exact same character. Well, see, they it was
3: going to be Eva Marie. Then she had her whole blow up so then it's gone to emelina and so and Vince is dead set on doing this character so now whatever diva is going to get it next or female wrestler whatever women's wrestler is getting it next I don't know but they are going to do this character but I think it's hilarious that you can't just build for 17 weeks straight the debut of the transformation of Emelina and it just turned into a popcorn fart. You know, that's that's almost as bad as the finger poke, finger poke of doom. I mean, like,
2: well, no, hang no, on, no, this doesn't it, kill the company. No, this is just no, but for I'm her. just
3: I'm just saying, like, it. Not, it's not as bad. It's almost <laughs> get me wrong. No, it, you know, it's just like because you you're expecting something and then you're like,
2: what the hell? You know, it's either one of two things. It's either just someone's sense of humor is to just fuck with the audience by doing by doing these things or just like make Darren Young great again that whole thing I mean they brought Backlund in but they never that ne- it never materialized it never turns into anything yeah it, so it's either they just there's someone on the staff that loves fucking with the audience or they have an idea for a character they start running promos on it but they don't have it mapped out yeah then they realize, and then so they run they keep they run a promo next week and they say oh we'll work on we'll work on it when we get a second. And then it just keeps going and going and going and then by the time they're finally like this woman's on our payroll and hasn't been on TV in 135 days. Yeah. Push her out there and just tell tell her to say something and bring her back in. Mhm. It's either they just have no direction or they just love fucking with us because this is it's no other... Sh- there's no other... Right. Only in pro wrestling does this happen. Yeah. Imagine if there was, like, a restaurant being built and it said, like, McDonald's coming soon. And and that sign just sat there for years and years and years. But McDonald's never came. Well, they build a restaurant and then, it, and then it's a Burger King or something. You yeah. know, it's just like they... Uh, yeah. It, uh, there's no other way... This doesn't happen with anything else. Right. So, it, it, anyway, that's a bad analogy, but there
3: you no, go. No, it, it, it makes sense, though.
2: All right, and I wanted your thoughts on the uh, the new Elimination Chamber. Okay, now, I did not get a chance to see uh, the Elimination Chamber. I, have, I know that it has been redesigned. It has. It's not round anymore. It is square.
3: I love Morrow because I was thinking the same thing. We all were thinking it, and he kept saying it. He kept calling it the Hell in a Cell all night long. Because that's what it is. It's a Hell in a
2: Cell with chambers. From the reviews that I've read online and I saw a couple pictures of it, it looks more functional to me, though. It's square, like the ring. There's more room to do more aerial
3: moves. They've built in cameras robotically over looking through the cage, over the pods. That's cool. So, like, when AJ went up to get on top of a pod to do a move... You're staring straight into his face. That's cool. So it was it was great great camera work. And I think there's lighting in there too, isn't there? There is now? lighting in there too. But you've got padding on the uh, outside of the ring. So you're your 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 steel grating is pretty much gone. Well
2: For safety purposes I, I agree. John Pollock also mentioned this on his podcast, but those steel floors they didn't get the kind of reaction that they should have for the the Oh yeah, for being dropped on a steel floor. That should be like, "Ooh, that should be a, that should be an oh my god moment." Yeah. Um, but they never got that. And yeah. so just be safe about it. Yeah, if you're
3: not getting what you want out of it, then let's protect the guys. I'm right there with you. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad that they they did that. So you have a you have a camera inside the pod. Like literally staring down at that person right here, Ch- transforming it from being round to square, like the ring. It just looks like an
2: oversized tail in a cell. It does, and and I hey, that, that's fine with me, honestly. But I I'm, I'm not committed to the oval shape or whatever. I mean, well, I th-
3: there's a lot of fans that are that love it, and there's a lot of fans that don't, and that's their argument. The ones that don't, that's their argument, and I see both sides. But yeah. That's it. That's
2: all I got. They debuted a new Elimination Chamber in 2017. They debuted the original Elimination Chamber back in 2002, Patrick. Yep. It cost the company $500,000 to build this thing. I didn't know that. The wrestlers who were involved in this match that we will review as we take on Survivor Series 2002, Patrick's pick for our review this week, the wrestlers... Who were going to wrestle in this in this elimination chamber had no idea what it was going to be until they got to Madison Square Garden that night and saw it for the first time because it was constructed and delivered basically at the last minute. They had no time to prepare. They had they they didn't know what they were in for until they got to the arena.
3: It's a brilliant mind, a brilliant-minded match that Eric
2: Eric Bischoff did come up with. Well. K Fabe, he came up with it.
3: I believe were, he, it was it was his argument because they didn't want to do war games and this was his version of trying to convince them at war games.
2: K storyline, yes. It was on Raw, the general manager, Bischoff. Right. This is this is the early years of the brand split. Right. And so this is when they still wanted to breed that competition between the two shows. You know, as, as the original brand extension went on, you know, it got less and less competitive where it was like, I'm going to show you up, Stephanie, and I'm going to show you how it's done. And yeah. this was General Manager Bischoff's way to upstage SmackDown. Correct. They spent $500,000 on this uh Contraption, really? I mean, what else? You know, uh, you know the old ones. This elimination chamber from two thousand two, you know, it's just sitting in their warehouse somewhere. You know, what, yeah. you, what the I'm hell? Wondering if,
3: I'm wondering if you know they they some, should scrap
2: metal that. If they take that down to PSC Metals, they'll get a good deal of money for it. <laughs> uh, I wonder though. I know they
3: they put one up. Every couple of years at Access. Oh yeah, last year a dude
2: got in trouble for
3: climbing it. Okay, so I'm wondering if that might be if it's the original one, and, and that's what they're. Maybe
2: they'll take it, show it off sometime. Yeah, but something like that. But imagine, but, imagine just paying for storage for this damn thing. You're not going to use it anymore. Oh yeah. Just, <laughs> I mean,
3: that's what I'm saying. Me and you, I know we would love to get turned loose for about a full. Forty eight hours in the Oh,
2: if we could get into the warehouse in the, warehouse, in the tape man. library. Oh
3: God. We'd be in heaven.
2: At least with you know, like old uh Hell hell in a Cell or old chain link. You could reuse the chain link out of that. You could fence in your yard with that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this Elimination Chamber. you like, don't don't
3: mess up my fence. That's that's part of the Hell yeah, in a Cell. Yeah, be
2: careful. <laughs> hey, McFoley and Undertaker, be gentle. I need that for my backyard. <laughs> yeah. my, I got pit bulls. I got to keep them locked in at night. So this is November 17, 2002. We're heading to Madison Square Garden, which, next to the ECW Arena, Patrick, as we mentioned last week, is probably the most famous uh, wrestling venue. I, I It's above ECW Arena, but uh, it's definitely Vince's... It's Vince's Vin- favorite. Yeah, this is... Those, those Yankees, they yeah. love this place. You yeah. know, it's it's the Northern Omni, is what we can call Madison Square Garden. Yeah. We're in front of 17,930 people. I mentioned, yeah, they spent five hundred grand on this thing. They actually canceled a contract with one of their developmental territories in order to pay for this thing. Uh, they they had a contract with Heartland uh, Wrestling Association, which I believe is Les Thatcher's deal, and he was a de- developmental territory for them at the time. And they paid him half a million a year. And they said we need to build this thing. Sorry, contract terminated. So they took <laughs> they took the contract and spent the money on this thing. And and look, to be fair, they got a lot of use. I mean, they yeah, they got a lot of years out of it. So I got that information from listening to live audio wrestling. Again, John Pollock, just brilliant mind. It's Survivor Series 2002. Of course, yes, the first elimination chamber. The show opens with a recap of Brock Lesnar. Beating Taker at Hell in a Cell. What what foreshadowing happened many, many years ago? Yeah. This feud. This feud has been going. I didn't realize how long the Taker-Brock Lesnar feud really has been going on for. Well, when Brock Lesnar showed up, I
3: think the, like the third or fourth time that he did his run-in into the ring kind of thing, even before he had his first real match, one of them was, was Taker. And that's what really got him on the map was, holy crap, he's beating up the Phenom. So,
2: Now, they show us highlights of Brock and Taker. (laughs) Guess what we get tonight, Patrick? We get Brock and Big Show. Yeah. What a step down. No, that's uh, a step up. (laughs) Well, a physical step up to get up to Big Show's height, but yes, so there you have it. Bischoff voices over the announcement of the Elimination Chamber. Man, they should have used him more on these voiceovers. I thought he did a great job delivering this opening... Uh, he's I, a great speaker. I think Eric Bischoff does have a brilliant mind for
3: professional wrestling. Other than Paul Heyman, I would second him to be one of the most brilliant minds.
2: Like I say, I mean, I didn't like him so much when he was a commentator for WCW because he was always shilling. Yeah. He was just a big shiller. Not Harvey Shiller, but a big shiller. Yeah. Um, but man, for reading this reading this promo I thought it, he did a great job voicing it and and yeah. Heyman does the same thing when when they ask Heyman to do this stuff yeah. so yeah you're I I totally agree with you Patrick the song tonight is always by saliva I fucking hate this song <laughs> and I hate saliva and saliva I feel like is in every WWE thing like saliva just follows around WWE like a like a virus like we can't Aren't you know, they like Kevin Dunn just loves this band. Didn't one of them they die do, or something? No. He okay. there's no that's Drown you're thinking of Drowning Pool. Drowning okay. Pool's lead singer died. No, Saliva does uh Saliva does Batista's theme song. So that's what they're probably most known that's their biggest contribution to the WWE, but they use them all the time in this era. You know, all these Oh yeah. All these rock, rap, slash rap, slash whatever groups. So, but we would be hearing this song all through the night. This is a this is one time when I wish the network dubbed over this song because I did not like this. Yeah, it was uh, it was
3: rough, and I did hit that fast forward button when they performed it too. You're
2: at. I'm glad we're in agreement because. When we'll get there get a look at Madison Square Garden and the chamber ominously hangs over the ring the it first is look at it the yeah and yeah because they you had no idea because <laughs> just, it was built
3: that day all, so. you, all you had were vid- vignettes of people like welding just welding
2: yeah <laughs> just, and you're like damn what the hell is this and and in and Madison Square Garden isn't a huge arena. So yeah. this thing takes up a lot of space like over the ring, so it's yeah. massive. JR and King are on the call for Raw. We'll get Taz and Cole for the SmackDown matches. We Patrick, we didn't get to see the Sunday night heat match, which was Lance Storm and William Regal defeating Gold Dust and Hurricane Helms. I bet that was a great match. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your sarcasm level is through the roof today. I, yeah, what can I say? Fans at The World, which is formerly WWF New York, are watching the show, of course, since we can't call it WWF anymore. They called it The World. Instead of just WWE New York. Well, yeah, why, what were they th- I don't know. The World. Welcome. Maybe they were trying to get non-wrestling fans to wander in. Like, oh, I'll eat at The World. Yeah, something. I, I and they're in. By the way, they're in Madison Square Garden, New York. So this is like right down the street. These people, yeah. inst- instead of paying for a ticket to go to the show, they just went to the restaurant down the street. Our opening match tonight is Bubba Dudley with Spike Dudley. They're going to tag up with Jeff Hardy for some reason. Devon had gotten traded to SmackDown.
3: Matt what? Hardy had gotten traded to SmackDown. So, so these guys were lost. At this point in basically. time, they didn't have their tag team partners, so they teamed them together. What a terrible decision.
2: Yeah, it's to split stupid. To these guys up. It's stupid. And, oh, they are taking on one of my least favorite tag teams of all time. Three-minute warning. Plus one of my least favorite wrestlers of all time. Rico. Who, coming out of OVW, was a highly touted... I remember reading on the internet, this guy, they had high hopes for him. But then they... they Rico is now a police officer in Detroit, so just FYI. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Gave him the Fandango gimmick, you know? Yeah. I mean, Johnny Curtis, Fandango, is a great wrestler, but when you when they give you this, what can you do with this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not... It, this is, is this prior to him being the hairdresser for Billy and Chuck, or is this after? This... I, this. I think this is prior. Oh, boy. What a combination. Of, I just... Rosie and Jamal, just, I did not. And the name, Three Minute Warning. You've got That's the best three minutes. That was a great way to introduce them. Yeah. But not as a tag team name. Yeah. Three Minute Warning. Here we go. This is a tables match.
3: This is a tables match. But in order to win, Patrick. It's a tables, it's an elimination tables match. Let's, right. Let's clarify that. So, Everybody has to go through a tape. Well, every team has to be eliminated by going through a table one by one,
2: one by one. And there, I should have brought this up during the there during the news portion. You know, WWE's actually come out with a rule book. Yes, I'm going to buy it for you. Well, I need to buy. I was going to buy it for you, so we're going to give right. each other we'll give the rule each other book. the rule book. That'll work. But I had some problems with the rules of this match, Patrick. <laughs> and referee Patrick Young. I'm glad that I'm glad that I have your expertise to to argue for why some of these things happened in this match. But here we go. Jeff hits a whisper in the wind over the ropes to the heels who are on the outside. Bubba lands some stiff chops on Rico. Spike hits the was up on Rico. After Spike hits the was up on Rico, then Jeff hits his low blow leg drop on Rico from the top rope. Bubba they're blowing right through all their big spots Right off the really, bat Yeah, quickly So Bubba immediately turns to Jeff and Spike and says Get the tables So Bubba sets the table in the corner So actually Jeff and Spike didn't get the tables Bubba had to set up the table in the corner Well they went and got their own They all split off
3: Okay, Jeff got his and went and set it up outside Bubba got his brought it in the ring and Spike was in the process of getting his ass kicked and never yeah, got to the, one. The
2: camera the camera didn't do a good job of following the table collection process. Correct. So Rosie goes to charge Bubba in the corner or one of but Rosie charges into the corner into that table that's in the corner. He goes through it. Why is he not eliminated? Patrick? Because it was not an offensive move that put him through it.
3: That should not matter. It does matter. Why does it matter? Because if You weren't put through the table. You have to be put through. To be put through, it has to be an offensive move. An opponent has to put you through it. He was not put through the
2: table. He just happened to run through it himself. I call bullshit to me. If you go through the table, you're out, no matter how it happens. And if you put it through yourself... It's just like in soccer. You can score your own goal. You know, you can score on yeah, your own net. Yeah, you can net. score on your own team, yeah. So this is the first instance of this bullshit happening in this match. Jeff Hardy tries a top rope splash on Rosie, and Rosie... Oh, poor Rosie. He can't catch Jeff Hardy doing this splash. No,
3: he, he just, like, drops
2: him. <laughs> Drops him in the ring, and this New York crowd, even in 2002... Gave him shit. You fucked up. <laughs> How could he? Jeff Hardy must weigh, <laughs> weigh seventy pounds, soaking wet. Rosie, a mountain of a man, yeah. can't catch him. I weigh more than Jeff Hardy. Realistically, Jeff's like one hundred and fifteen pounds. Rosie should be able to catch both of us. Yeah. So Rico sets up a table in the ring. Spike tries an acid drop on Rico through this table, but instead, three minute warning, catch him and throw him through the table face first, very viciously. Okay. Now Spike got eliminated because that
3: was an offensive move. He was thrown through it. Just I un- to- I know. Okay, I
2: just wanted yeah. to clarify. That's that's fair. Okay, I get that. Okay, but I think any any going through of the table should count. Okay. In my rule book, when we get the official rule book, I'll make we're going submit, to we're going to I'll revise okay. it and send it back to them, and so they can reprint it. So anyway, now, so now Spike is eliminated. See Spike does. He. He got an easy night's work. He was in this match for maybe three, four minutes, so he had an easy night's work. Rosie and Jeff go battle out into the walkway with the table, and in Madison Square Garden, these walkways have little uh, awnings over them. Yes. So keep that in mind. Bubba's in the ring with Jamal and takes out Rico before realizing Jeff needs help on the outside. Well, here's a better way to explain it. If you haven't ever seen...
3: Madison Square Garden. Madison Square Garden is like a high school gym. You walk through the walkway and everything is up. You're going up. You Basically, you walk out on the floor and you turn and you have to walk up to your, to your seat up on the bleachers. So he's going through that little walkway that you walk out. He's basically climbing on top of the bleachers and is going to be above that walkway. Proceed. Bubba gives
2: the Bubba Bomb to Jamal and then goes out to help Jeff. Jeff puts Rosie on the table. Jeff climbs the scaffold and then swanton's himself through Rosie and Rosie, thank goodness, is eliminated from this match. And then holy shit chants break out as at this point in time, seeing Jeff do this stuff was still fresh, you know? Well, yeah, and I mean, when Bubba pulled
3: that table back even further and I started looking at the distance Jeff was going to have to go, I really didn't think Jeff could jump out that far. I mean, he jumped a good 15 feet out, 20 feet high. So it was was a very impressive jump. And
2: also, the crowd... Jeff Hardy was so over. Oh, yeah. Super over. They should have put the title on him years ago. Oh, I... Money on the table, Patrick. Money on the table.
3: Yeah, you can't be smart and be in wrestling and work for WWE. You're smart about wrestling? No, we can't have
2: you. No, yeah, you're an idiot. Yeah. Yeah, What do you know? Yeah. I I mentioned here that Jeff is really doing all the work in this match. All the running, all the jumping, because he's surrounded with big men now that Spike's gone. Right. Jeff, here we go again with the rules. There's a table that Jamal is holding up near the ring apron. Jeff is going to walk the guardrail and then spike Jamal through the table. Correct. Jeff slid as he's going off the guardrail, and Jamal sort of bailed on this table, and Jeff ended up going through the table by himself. Right. So he should be eliminated. Let's explain. The table was standing up on its end. Yeah. Okay.
3: Jamal is holding it from the back end of it. Yeah, Jeff is going to go through the table to take Jamal out. As Jeff slips, Jamal tries to cover for him. So Jamal just throws the table at him. (laughs) When he threw it at him, he goes right through it. He goes right through it. My opinion, he should have been eliminated (laughs) because that was an offensive move. You threw the table at him. You didn't throw him through the table, but you threw you threw the table at him. This was if I was refereeing the match, they'd have fired me because I would have I would have eliminated Jeff. You stick to the rules. I would have eliminated Jeff on that one. I, it
2: was vicious. I thought he it might have ugly. knocked himself out. It was ugly, yeah. And here's why you should have eliminated it at that point anyway because all that happens is Jamal sets up a table outside the ring and then just jumps off and splashes through him.
3: Yeah, he jumps up. He goes to the top rope. Yeah. And jumps off the top rope to the f- ring floor through a table to put Jeff.
2: To eliminate him. Yeah. So he's just going to get eliminated two minutes, two seconds later anyway. So. Yeah. It might have happened in the ring. I kind of forget if it was outside the ring.
3: No, it was outside. You're right. It was outside the ring. It was a very impressive splash for a
2: 350-pound man. But unfortunately, unfortunately for the guys remaining in this match, this killed the crowd because their favorite guy... Is gone. now out of the match. Yeah. So, Jamal just eliminated Jeff. So, now the crowd... But they, they they saved it. They did at the very end. They saved it. But the crowd just completely... For a few moments, the crowd is just now completely dead. Yeah. The, the air let out of their, <laughs> Yeah. The air went out.
3: At, you, know, you just heard, ha, huh, and that's when they started going to the bathroom and getting
2: coats. Okay. And things like that. So, Jamal... Uh, Bubba sets in a table in the ring, and Bubba... Super power bombs Jamal, this huge man, through the table, and so now Jamal is eliminated. Let's clarify how he did this, because it's not like he lifted him up like normal power bomb. Okay, explain. Jamal
3: but, shoots him into the corner. Uh-huh. He climbs up to do the turnbuckle punches. Uh huh. Bubba just oh, Bubba okay. slides up under him and just walks him, because there's no way in hell Bubba's
2: picking up 350 well, pounds. Yeah, he didn't deadlift him. Yeah, off the top, I, but, I wanted to clarify okay, that to yeah. people. Bubba's a strong guy, but yeah. yeah, he's not he's not picking up Umaga and uh, <laughs> throwing so him through there. I just there. wanted
3: to clarify that spot there.
2: So now here's the two wrestlers remaining in this match. Who do you think's going to win? Rico or Bubba? Your money's on Rico, right? My, my money's on Rico. Okay, now even though Jamal was eliminated, he refuses to leave the ring. What an asshole. These refs should have The refs, all the refs out of the back should have come back, come out and escorted him out. Well, he, he Rosie was comes back then. Rosie came back out? Rosie came oh, back I, out. I thought it was Jamal. It, it,
3: was it just Jamal? I thought Rosie came out too. Rosie comes back out because that's to build
2: this... Well, I think, I think it's Jamal. Okay. I, I think... All right. It's either Rosie or Jamal. I, I don't think it was both. I, so I thought both came out. Okay. I'm with you. Go on. You're fine. So anyway... Jamal refuses to leave the ring Yes And now Rico and Jamal are gonna double team Bubba Yes But then Patrick The reunion we've all been waiting for I wondered what had happened to Devon He I th- had become Reverend Devon at
3: this point in time He, had, he was Reverend Devon It was literally like the first week
2: of it He hadn't gotten Deacon Batista yet No Okay he was still walking out himself okay by himself. I'd, I had forgotten that they had already split these guys up. So when they didn't come out with Devon, I was like, is Devon hurt or something? What's right? What's going on? So anyway, Devon comes out and the place goes nuts. The because, place went yeah, ape shit because of course they're on different brands. They haven't even seen it. He- they probably were excited to see each other. right. So now it's a Dudley Boys reunion. Testify. They beat up Rico, they 3d him through a table. The Dudleys are back together, and the match ends in 1422. Yes. This wasn't a permanent reunion. This was this a,
3: a one-time, we just did it because we could. So what do you think of this match? That was a great match.
2: I thought it was a great opener. Yeah. Really um, entertaining. I'd put this mid-card, really. Yeah, I was surprised by how good it was. And like I said, Jeff Hardy was just the MVP of this thing. And these are the best kind of matches for him. Yeah. And, and for Spike Dudley. You yeah. know, just little guys that can fly around... With some uh, some plunder, you know, yeah. and uh, I really enjoyed it. Even though, like I say, I hate three minute, I hated three minute warning, and <laughs> so uh, the right team won. And, but and and it and, had the excitement of
3: Devon coming out too. So I mean, yeah. it, this match had everything that it needed to to be
2: an, a, a great, great opener. Match. Yeah, yeah. Get the crowd going. Yeah. Here's the part where we fast forwarded, Patrick, because Stacy Keebler, who looked amazing. Wow, she was phenomenal looking. And and still is to this day. But she is at The World, the former WWF New York. And she cuts the least energetic promo I've ever heard. She is bored out of her mind. Yes. (laughs) She is ready to go home or go out to the club or something. Something. And she introduces, we just heard the song, but you know what? We need it live. Here's Saliva. play their song always the theme song for the survivor series 2002 and guess what i did on the wwe network patrick same thing i did fast forward yeah skip rideroo you know and during their performance they showed highlights from brock lesnar and stuff they they mixed in wrestling highlights because i did i did look at because i didn't know when there wasn't a bookmark on the bookmarks were screwed up on this Uh, they were just a little lot well because there's a there's a Benoit promo yeah. coming up. so But they did cover it, at least with some wrestling highlights. But And the few seconds I heard of Saliva doing this song live... Whew, it was guys, rough. keep it in the studio, boys. It was rough when
3: they sung Jericho to the ring later on, too. Someone sung Jericho to the ring? They sung Jericho's music. They sung him to the Hold ring. Hold on. There was a band there? They piped Saliva from WWF, no. New York, to the arena... To sing him to the elimination. I'm gonna chamber. have to double check that. I go
2: look it up. I, <laughs> oh bet, you, I bet you a million dollars. No, I just that no. I skipped the entrances because yeah. I just I needed to get through this. That's why. Yeah, they really did. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was bad. It was really bad. What is a terrible Jericho's, idea? And
3: Jericho's entrance because of that, they sung the whole theme song. It took it was the longest entrance of the night. This,
2: but was it it wasn't his Break the walls down. It no, was, the, it was
3: king of the world.
2: That one that he used just for a very yeah, short time. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, they. Sung I'm the, so glad I skipped the entrances. They sung the now. whole new song. You just, you just made my life. You just made me feel so much better about skipping the entrances. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, pal. This was your pick. Yeah. I didn't know that shit happened. Yeah, yeah. that is funny. That is funny <laughs> shit, man. Boys. <laughs> Oh, man. So the Cruiserweight title match is next. It's Jamie Noble with Nydia from Tough Enough fame. Man, I want to specify this.
3: I forgot how over Jamie Noble and Nidia Warr. Mm-hmm. This was, this they was were a perfect gimmick for They
2: were over, man. And we were there that night in Nashville, basically, when we saw Jamie Noble's career be ended by Mike Knox. Unfortunately, yes. That was... That finisher of Mike Knox was like some sort of Sister Abigail-looking thing, and he just crushed, crushed Jamie Noble. Jamie's neck. Yeah, that was really bad. And unfortunately... And last year, yeah, got getting stabbed in his trailer park. Yeah, a couple years ago with J and J security, I thought a perfect role for him. Yeah, he it, didn't have to do too much in ring stuff. Yeah, so he was able to. He was still able to work with his neck injury, but he and, was and his comedy selling of like taking an RKO and like he would just bow. He was just he's 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 a great performer. He is, yeah. And I think Nidio's kind of attractive. I'm sorry. I mean, even. Even in the trailer trash gimmick, I, I like I like Nidia. I'm sorry, I, got, I can't go that far. Okay, dude. well, I can't
3: go that far.
2: <laughs> now, I, so Jamie Noble, he's the champ. He's out first. That's yes. usually bad news, Patrick. Yes, Kidman is coming out next. He has new theme music, which really sucks. Yes, and his ring attire, I say, it makes him look like an indie geek. He just looks like a generic indie. <laughs> yeah, it was wrestler. like blue blue spandex like shorty short bicycle shorts or something it was really weird we saw him on a show not too long ago that oh we we saw him on Invasion from yeah. 2001 and he kind of looked the, the same but that's not a good look for him yeah. you know it just makes him look more generic but also if he came out in his you know blue jeans he's wrestling a guy in blue jeans too so if you had two dudes in blue jeans it's just kind of yeah. in jorts it, it, it's kind of weird but Taz and Cole are going to call this match because the uh Back in, back in the old days, Patrick, the uh, the cruiserweights were exclusive to SmackDown, so things have changed. Uh, not a lot of notes for this match. Noble hit a very nice suicide dive to the outside. Kidman hit an Ushigaroshi, a little bit of AJ Styles there. like yes. uh, Very beautiful. Noble hits a Mishinoku driver and only gets a two count. Kidman hits a face buster and tries for the shooting star press, but Nydia, she's going to save her man. She saves him from the shooting star. Kidman takes him out instead with a top turnbuckle splash. She pulls Noble out of the ring, and then Kidman splashes him from the top turnbuckle. They go back into the ring. Nidia distracts Kidman again. This time he gets slapped for his trouble, but he moves out of the way, and Noble accidentally knocks Nidia off the ring. Kidman hits a sit-out power bomb for a two count. Noble hits a tiger bomb for a two count. Kidman hits a top rope facebuster. This looked—it looked ugly. I—I I don't want to take that move. No, I don't and know how he didn't break his nose. This got that a big ugly. reaction from the crowd, but only for a two count. Noble hits a DDT. Man, his DDT was the stiffest. That was ugly. He put Kidman vertically. It, it's like he did a. He di-
3: spiked him. Yeah. And he literally straight up. Yeah. And and there, it's almost like slow motion. He spiked him, and Kidman just stayed there, standing on his head, and then fell over. Yeah. It
2: was it was ugly. And Kidman kicks out <laughs> despite this devastating DDT. Kicks out it too. Yeah. Wrestling logic for you. Nidious Nydia stops another shooting star attempt, but this time, Kidman just kind of shoes her off. Hits the shooting star press, gets the win and the belt. In 7 minutes, 29 seconds, your new cruiserweight champion is Billy Kidman. Which we saw him win the cruiserweight belt on that Nitro we just reviewed. All we see this dude do is win this belt. So, uh, this was okay.
3: I was going to say almost, I would put it match of the night. Almost. Till I'll, at this point in time, yes, I thought this was a lot better than our first match. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Almost until we got a little bit later on. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see what you, what your pick is for the match of the night. I'll save my pick till the end of the show. Kurt Angle's backstage with Chris Benoit, and they want to win the tag titles off of the Los Guerreros. And Angle cuts a no. The tag champs are Edge and Rey Mysterio. Oh,
3: okay, so They've they lost. Th- they lost their titles. Angle and Benoit were tag champs. Okay. They lost their titles to Ray and Edge in just like a the fluke match thrown together. Okay. Which is how Edge and Ray ended up being tag partners. Okay. And they wanted revenge. And so they're like, listen, we got to get our shit together if we're going to be able to get our tag titles back. Okay. Now that they've thrown Los Guerreros in on top of our title match.
2: Okay, at the very
3: the funniest part happens at the end of it when he puts his hand out to shake his hand. Chris Benoit does. Yes, he's like I'm. I'm with you, bro. Shake my hand. You know, he sticks his hand out.
2: He goes. Kurt Angle goes. Tag team partners don't shake. They give hugs. <laughs> and <laughs> looking back, this is really really bad. What what I'm about to say, but Kurt Angle gives Chris Benoit a big hug. <laughs> so. But it's just hilarious. The character of Chris Benoit getting hugged is just a visual. I mean, prior to you know what happened, you know, right. much later. But just the car- you know, Mister Hardman Chris Benoit, motionless, rabid Wolverine, getting a big hug from Kurt Angle. It was hilarious. It made me laugh out yeah. loud.
3: Yeah, it was very. It was an entertaining interview.
2: Chris Jericho, he's backstage shadow boxing, getting ready for the chamber. No big deal. Then we get the F-View camera, which I guess is Eric Bischoff's version of GTV, if you yes, remember that. it was. And it shows Victoria, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the greatest of them all. And apparently the mirror told her Trish. She didn't like the answer, and she sh- smashed the mirror. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why this was next. That's a great segment, though. It, goes, it, it adds to her character of actually being crazy. Yeah, yeah. if that's what they're going for. And that's um, what they were going for well, <laughs> at the time. the women's match is happening next, yeah. so we'll get right into it. A promo recaps their feud, which just goes back to when they were recruited. They were both fitness models, and she's basically bitter that Trish got the job over her because she's pretty. Do you know who Victoria was before she became Victoria? I do not. Victoria
3: was one of the women backstage that they used to throw like, in different roles, like an, as an EMT or whatever. Oh, in WCW. Non, no, in WWE. Oh, In okay. WWF at the time, later when when uh, Trish made her debut. They got signed together. Anyway, they really did get signed together. But, anyway, Victoria, nine times out of ten, was part of
2: the Godfather's head train. Oh, right. That's her WWF debut. But right. there's actually, I was listening to a podcast called Keep It 2000, which is reviewing... Nitros from the year 2000, which must be miserable. Ooh, that's rough. But Victoria shows up in an episode of uh, Nitro as one of the uh, NWO Black and Silver's uh, cronies. Like she's really she's in their entourage of girls. So, so an early Victoria appearance. She's had a a long career uh, of you know before she was even in the ring. Right. But yeah, yeah, she debuted WrestleMania 2000 as one of uh, Godfather's hoes. Yep. What a lovely way to debut. <laughs> <laughs> Women's Revolution, ladies and gentlemen. And I just... I found that this is kind of a weak premise for a feud. Yeah. Um, just that... I-,
3: I think it was a way just for them to have this match. Yeah. But... They could have gone about it so much better. Yeah. It's the exact same thing that they did with Trish Stratus and Mickey James. Mm-hmm. Crazy chick, stalking me, obsessed with me. Thinks I'm
2: pretty. Thinks I'm pretty. Happens all... They do this gimmick a lot with yeah. the ladies. It's the same damn thing. But she is playing it a bit crazier. Well, Mickey James played it way crazier. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what? Hey, way to go on Mickey James's match at... Elimination Chamber, just FYI, just want to throw that out there. Her singles match back in on the main roster. I thought that was the six man. Was that? Oh no, she had a singles match. She had a singles match against who? Who did she? Ta- it was her versus um, Alexa Bliss.
2: Oh no, Becky Lynch. Wasn't that the feud? Yeah,
3: Becky Lynch. I'm sorry, um, okay. Alexa Bliss and her kind of like buddies, like right Jericho. And- well,
2: but Bliss lost to uh, Naomi.
3: Yeah, new champ Naomi. Well, Naomi's out, hurt, so Naomi has to del- uh, relinquish the title. Is that true? Yes. No,
2: that's I got that up. Yes. Anyway, so we're going to a hardcore women's match. A hardcore, very first ever hardcore women's. Well, match. it was the, they clarified it was the first in three years.
3: Oh, uh, we did have Tori and Ivory hardcore. That was in '99 when Ivory took the uh, Ironer, the Iron. That was hot and... <laughs> I don't remember this. You don't remember this? No. She, she literally, she took a hot iron that was in the process like of like Home being, Alone. That was in the process of being used and she st- stuck it on Ivory's back and literally sizzled the skin on her back. It was nasty as hell, dude. She starts
2: bleeding. It was ugly. So here we go. Victoria starts choking Trish with uh, Trish's jacket. It's time for some plundo, baby. Plunder baby, some some plunder baby. <laughs> Thank you. You're much better, Dusty. Your Dusty is is one of your best impressions. So it's time for some plunder. She grabs a broom. She misses it at first, and then swings and Trish jumps over it. It's kind of funny. But then she finally just says, "You know what? I'll just choke you with she, this broom." She, she swung. She swung like
3: three times, like over the head. She goes in a big circle, comes back around below her ankles. She jumps it. It's like hopscotch. Yeah, really. It was like jumping rope or some
2: shit. Like, dunk your head, jump. Dunk your head, jump. But then she wises up and says, I'll just choke you with the broom instead. Then Victoria smashes Trish's nose into a trash can lid and a trash can that she had wedged in the corner. She nails Trish with a heavy leg drop like a springboard leg drop. I, th- yeah. th- I thought the actual, the rest, I mean, they didn't do a ton of wrestling in this but match. But it was good. But it was good what they did do. Trish returns the favor to Victoria and slingshots her nose first into a garbage can that is, yes, wedged into the ring rope. And it looked nasty. And this is what gave Victoria a bloody nose a blood blood in a women's match yeah broker nose <laughs> yeah Trish gets the ironing board which we saw on last week's show in ECW so this ironing board <laughs> is uh becoming a regular on uh, well
3: it's 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 a women's it's
2: women wrestling so the ironing board needs course. to be used so I mean as a referee you guys put those under the ring you never know when you're gonna need to iron your shirt or do some laundry you know if if, if I'm waiting out
3: underneath the ring for my next match I'm just going to not going to just sit there. I've got chores to do. So.
2: so Trish gets this ironing board, sets it up in the corner and and throws Victoria into it, breaks it in half. Uh Trish lands a chick kick, but it only gets a 2 count on Victoria. Trish decides to get a kendo stick and beat the shit out of Victoria with it. <laughs> and uh, and just like last week, Sandman is, is somewhere smoking a cigarette smiling because she beat the hell out of yeah, her. Yeah, this isn't? was a uh sandman special with the kendo stick victoria gets a mirror from under the ring now i like that she went for the mirror but patrick logically why is there a mirror under the ring go ahead
3: (laughs) Does i have to check and make sure i look good before i get in the ring Oh, that's you're just you're just a vain referee. Yeah, I have to make sure my shirt's tucked in properly
2: and things like that. In uniform, so, yeah, you, you don't want to. Exactly, you'll get fined for a uniform violation. Exactly. So you keep a mirror under the ring. Now, my other problem with the mirror is that she doesn't use it in this match as a weapon. Well, do you know why? Victoria kicks out of another chick kick and a top rope bulldog. So, man, I mean, she took two of Trisha's finishers. Plus, gets bulldogged off the top rope and kicks out. Here is where this comes out of nowhere, basically. Victoria, under the ring. Okay, here's another question, Patrick. Well, I guess this is easy to answer. Why is there a fire? Why is there a fire extinguisher under the ring? Well, you never know. Somebody might throw a cigarette out
3: there and try to light the mat on, the mat on fire. Okay,
2: so. I, my my explanation was going to be for you have pyro going on, like Kane's pyro. Yeah. You never know when something could go wrong. I mean, yeah. Undertaker nearly burned up. You know. Yeah. You need a fire extinguisher. So, Victoria, your 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 yours is better than mine. Go on. So she finds this fire extinguisher. Blinds Trish with it. Gets in. Hits just a simple snap suplex. I mean, it looked great. Covers her. One, two, three. She gets the win in seven oh one. Okay. Now, you know why the mirror didn't get used?
3: Because it was a legit mirror? No, the mirror got broke. The Ow. mirror was the finish. The mirror was the finish. She was going to smash her over the head. They botched the finish. They botched the finish. That, so okay. that's why the fire extinguisher got used. She was going to bash her over the head with it, but at the time that she was coming off with the bulldog... As Trish was getting up, Trish turned to her left, stepped right on top of the damn thing, and it broke into a million pieces. Is that right? Yeah, stepped right on top of it in the corner, broke into a million pieces. Okay. So then that's why she was like, fuck. So they went and got the fire extinguisher, grab her, grab her, blind her, gets in, what the hell do
2: I do? Just hit me with a suplex, and time. But three. then why did Trish try to kick out right at the last second? I don't think Trish was in on this being the finish of the match. Well,
3: it was a cluster. Yeah, it, you
2: had Hetner doing the call. No, it was Charles Robinson. Or Charles. Okay,
3: so and Charles basically like you heard he's he's wearing his earpiece. You hear in the back. Fuck, they just fucked up the finish. Tell him to do this, and so he tells. And maybe Trish just didn't. She just it, communication was off,
2: and Victoria basically just held her down for the three. Your time's up. Get the fuck out of the ring. Yeah. So seven oh one. What up until up until the finish, I thought it was a great match. Yeah.
3: Uh, especially for a women's uh, and, match, and with what they had planned for the f- to
2: actually be the finish, uh, it had gone down. Oh, if a lot. she had smashed the mirror yeah. like like as planned, it would have been yeah, awesome. Yeah, barber shop window. Yeah, all over again. Booker T, uh, let me let me. There's so many Booker's out there. Booker T is shown backstage. He's warming up for the chamber. Bischoff tells Coachman that the elimination chamber will be great. He's better than Stephanie. But then. Big Show interrupts, and Big Show is angry. You know why? Remember me? <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Ho, ho, ho. You're gonna be regretting trading me to SmackDown.
3: <laughs> ha, ha, ha. I'm Especially su- when I win the WWE title
2: tonight. Ha, ha, ha. And turns on and walks off. I'm surprised Bit Like... I'm surprised Bischoff didn't just laugh in his fucking face. Oh. <laughs> because... Trading Big Show away would have been the smartest move as a GM that he could have. I don't care what he got in return. If he got if he got Victoria's mirror in return for getting rid of Big Show he got a great deal. Yeah. And so I just thought it was I wish that they had turned the camera back to Bischoff and he just laughed his ass off at the at, at this statement from Paul White who by the way I met I met a girl the other day whose mom dated Paul White. At one really? Time. Yeah. They used to live down in Tampa and so her mom dated the Big Show at one point, so it's just, it just well, that, maybe they need to rekindle that flame. Well, he looks better now than I think. He looks better. To, he looks a lot better now than what he has in the past, like ten years. So Brock is with Paul Heyman, and Paul Heyman is pleading with Brock, saying, "You know, you shouldn't have taken this match tonight. You got hurt ribs, pal. Don't, don't do it. You know, we're here in Madison Square Garden. He, he, Paul works in a cheap." cheap plug for this backstage segment and he says he says he will do anything to ensure that his client will leave with the title now his client precisely Patrick I said my goodness how much more obvious could this turn have been I mean he might as well have just turned to the camera and said I'm I'm going to turn I'm, I'm, I'm screwing you over tonight just so you know that so, well, and how stupid is Brock to, like... Well, they it played makes, it off, too, because Brock just, like... Yeah, Brock doesn't say shit. Yeah, he just but looks, he
3: just turns and looks at him weird, like, what do you mean you're a client? So here we go. The WWE title match. This was shit. God. <laughs> this was bad. I hope you didn't actually get play-by-play on it.
2: There's not much to really okay. say about. this was This was bad. Big Show is out wearing jeans, black jeans, and a tank top, and I say he's looking in terrible shape. And that's why I said, I mean, Bishop And, his, and his, his 70s. Oh, he's got his, yeah, his porn stash going. He's got yeah. his short hair. He is... I don't know what he's going for here exactly, but with his look. But here he comes. The Big Show to no reaction as people... <laughs> even if... I mean, Brock was mostly a heel. I yeah. mean, Brock is aligned with a heel manager. Yeah. But people just hate the Big Show at this yeah. point. People are sick of this shit by now. So, Brock is out next. The match starts... Instead of fighting, they just stare at each other for a second. The crowd has already decided. Let's go Lesnar. Let's go Lesnar. So (laughs) that's bad. It's bad. I mean, yeah. When they're cheering on the evil heel, basically the the heel, the unstoppable heel. Yeah. The un. By the way, the unbeaten heel. He was undefeated before this match.
3: Yes, he had the
2: Goldberg thing going when he was undefeated and won the title. Yes, youngest champ ever at that point. Yes. Lesnar spears Big Show and throws some strikes. Lesnar hits a side botchplex to Big Show. Big Show just did not want to. botchplex. I like that. That's yeah, great it was term. a. It was a. Well, it was supposed to be a side suplex, but it just fell apart that's still a great term though brock does manage to take big show to suplex city for one german suplex which i was very impressed by yeah i didn't think he could get him over really i didn't i didn't think big show was i i thought he was gonna have to muscle him uh, big show helped him out a little bit at yeah least. he tries an f5 but it gets countered the ref takes a ref bump brock then belly to bellies big show that was impressive now with Big Show's belly now, well, today you could probably do it, but a few Floyd Mayweather years when he was big, Big Show, yeah, you're not, you can't even wrap your arms around the belly to, yeah. to, to, to belly to belly this guy, but an overhead, not like a Scott Steiner belly to belly, an Or over, you, yeah, this yeah, is, not like a, I chuck you to the ropes and just kind, con- or like yeah. a rock, like yeah, a,
3: this was an over the head release belly to belly suplex. This yeah. was, this very, was
2: very impressive. Oh yeah, and Brock looked phenomenal. He looked like a monster, and he was yeah. lean, yeah, just lean. Not not he looked better here than he did than he does now. Let's put it that way. Well, I mean, he is a lot older now, but well, age takes age takes its toll, young man. Not okay. when you're me, you know, you age gracefully. Yeah, Heyman tosses in a chair to Brock Lesnar. As the ref has, you know, taken a bump and is now apparently unconscious, <coughs> the announcers at this point mention that Brock is undefeated. So I'm like, well, naturally, this—he's gonna beat the shit out of. I mean, he, they're not gonna make him lose first to Big Show, you know, not for your first loss to right? Big Show. They would never do that. They—they they would never do that. He smacks Big Show straight in the head with the chair a few times, unprotected chair shots.
3: First of all, weren't you happy to see those back in this? Just saying. <laughs>
2: I know the damage that they cause, but and he laid them in pretty good. I mean, yeah. they weren't they weren't little. Yeah, they little weren't taps. Now I know they cause long term damage, and I'm not a fan of them anymore. But okay. I've, I've took
3: thirteen to the head myself in one match. They do screw you up, but it was nice to actually, as a fan wise, to watch the show. It was nice to see it. Well, it's, it's it, been long. It's been a long time well, since I've seen one, especially
2: That's- to. Now they have to make such an effort to not do it like they have to turn them around or make sure they're on the ground or do the old stabbing them with the chair yeah
3: it's it's it basically just leave chairs alone
2: now don't even yeah. grab one because it messes it up he f5s the big show easily doesn't even he doesn't sell his hurt ribs too well by the way because he just picked yeah he picked sh- him straight so he f5s him the crowd just goes mental because I mean, this is still when F5 ing Big Show was a big deal. Now he get now it's just like see it. It's just like the Andre Slam. It's just like we've seen it a hundred times. Yeah, yeah, we've seen we've seen Big Show get slammed by everybody now. But Heyman, so a new ref a new referee runs down to replace the the dead one, and Heyman Heyman's in the way, so
3: the referee kind of pushes him. Yeah, slides in one two. Heyman grabs <gasps> the ankle, yanks him out. No! And hits the worst fucking punch I've ever seen in my entire life. This was almost as bad as Donald Trump's clothesline punches to Vince at WrestleMania 25, 23. Somewhere, whenever. Anyway,
2: this was bad. And Lesnar is shocked. And he. he it loses. makes him look like a big dummy here, but he mean mugs the shit out of Paul. Yeah. He looks like he wants to. Rip his head off. And Paul gets scared. But, yeah, and and Paul, Paul's expression is great, too, of yeah. fear. But, you know, if you're really that angry, why didn't he go out and get him? He just stood in the ring. Heyman was outside the ring, and Brock turned his back to show and was looking at Heyman just like, like, what did you do? Right. And Heyman is just like, what have I just done? And then that allows Big Show to grab the chair, hit Lesnar in the back, leave the chair on the mat, choke slam Brock Lesnar on the chair, and oh my goodness, I can't believe what I'm about to say. One, two, three. <laughs> we have a new WWE champion, and the undefeated streak of Brock Lesnar comes to an end by none other than The Big Show, <laughs> is your new world, champ- well, WWE champion. Yes. Patrick, what were they thinking?
3: SmackDown didn't have a lot of main event talent right then. Mm -hmm. And when you're wasting guys like Kurt Angle in a tag team match. Mm -hmm. And Benoit. And Benoit. You kind of have to... Mysterio Edge. You kind of have to scrape the bottom of the barrel. And (sighs) and they they reached way down to the bottom. He didn't didn't hold this title long, though, if I remember correctly. No, he he only held it
2: for a month. Yeah. And because this was the build to WrestleMania 19, uh, Angle and Lesnar. But what should have happened, in my opinion, is Kurt Angle, do you feel that Heyman, does this turn him face? Does this turn Lesnar into a face? Yeah. Okay, so this turns him face. I would have I would have scheduled this between Angle and Lesnar and have Angle turn heel. Here's the problem. New York fans didn't go
3: with it. But what this was supposed to be was to be a, a twist on both. Big oh, show yeah. becomes heel, Lesnar becomes face, Heyman walks out with a new client, title changed, undefeated streaks gone. Uh, this was this was set up to be like the ultimate swerve. It right. was set up to really New York crowd just didn't buy it. Well, and pick.
2: it's the big it's the big show, dude. Yeah. But that's what I here that's what I would have done yeah. is um I would have had Angle beat him. hmm And then I would have they kept uh Lesnar off T V for a while and then he, he won the rumble and that's how he got into the, the main event at WrestleMania. But yeah, I would have just had Angle beat him here and then had the rematch at Mania. Yeah. Instead of fucking big show. You know, as much as much pride as Heyman takes, you know you know Lesnar ended the streak. Well, Big Show, the next time they fight at a house show or something, I want Big Show to r- remind everybody. <laughs> I it- ended your streak. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So at at Madison Square Garden. I yeah. mean, jeez. Okay. All right. Okay, now this match I did not watch. This oh. is the this I got is you. the this is the six man tag, so you're going to have to tell me All right, so what you, happened here. You got here.
3: Eddie and Chavo versus Ray and Edge, tag champs, versus Benoit and Angle. It's an elimination style tag team match.
2: Okay, so one team. Did the get... Guerreros come out in the uh, lowrider, or did no, they? No, ha- they didn't. Oh, it's, it, they didn't have room for it. Yeah. Nice. Okay. unfortunately.
3: Although there was a great sign from a fan that said, Eddie Guerrero stole my bike, <laughs> which was awesome. Like, sign of the night for this show. But you have. Uh, Here's your here's your
2: main notes. They get in the ring. Here's the reason I didn't watch the match before we get into the play, okay. by play. I saw the time that it was like twenty minutes. I just I had no interest in in the, yeah. in, the, in it. You missed it.
3: I would put this match of the night. Actually. Really, this wow. was my match of the night pick. Okay. This was a great match. Unfortunately, I'm not as good at taking notes as you. Oh, you don't have to go. Mo- so I-, I got main spots.
2: Yeah, that's fine. That's all that's really necessary. I mean, we're already. We're two hours in,
3: so okay. we... main spots. And so we start off the match, and uh, Kurt Angle is going to allow Benoit to start. Kurt Angle hands him or reaches over and just gives him another hug right there in the ring. <laughs> and, I wish I'd watched that. Part. And the New York fans just go, Oh, it was really hilarious! And but Benoit, unbelievable match, building up, building up, building up. We get to right here. Benoit's got edge for a German suplex. He's going to hit all three of them. He hits one. He gets back up. Eddie Guerrero, at this point in time on his second way up, Eddie Guerrero is climbed to the top rope, jumps off for a sunset flip, flips over both of them, and hits a... Benoit's holding on to, Jer- or holding on to edge. So as Benoit gets rolled up for a sunset flip, he German suplexes edge at the same time. Wow, and it was a double pin. One, two, and very at the last second they kicked out. Place, oh. place went nuts. Awesome. And then you've got you've got Chavo immediately right after that has one of the tag belts. Slides in as Angle's getting up. Or I mean, as Benoit's getting up, Chavo hits Benoit in the back with the tag belt. Kurt Angle turns around. What the hell are you doing to my partner? You know, lie, cheat, and steal the Guerrero's. So he throws the belt to. Chavo throws the belt to Angle. Benoit gets up holding the back of his head, sees Angle holding the belt. What the fuck did you do that for? You know? So they have their little dispute, at which point in time, uh Benoit ended up getting pinned. So Benoit and Angle are out of there. Before they leave, they beat the shit out of everybody, because they're madder in hell. They fight all the way to the back. So you got Chavo, Chavo or uh, Chavo, what? Eddie, Edge, and Ray. Right. Ray At this point in time, we're going to jump ahead. Ray shoots Eddie off into the ropes. Eddie screws up, hits the ropes forward, kind of like how Taz did that on that pay-per-view we talked about, and just loses an ass over tea kettle all the way back. So Edge picks him up and just shoves him down for the 619. Ray comes around, hits it. At this point in time, the referee's like, working with Edge, you need to get out of the ring. Chavo comes up while Ray's getting ready to springboard for the six one nine. Chavo hits Eddie or hits uh, Ray in the back of the head with the tag belt. Slides back down. Edge sees this. Edge slides out and goes and beats up on Chavo. Ray Mysterio hits the uh, or puts on the uh, the Tequila Sunrise submission hold. Ray what, does or no uh, Eddie does. Oh, I thought he put the Eddie. lasso
2: from El Paso. Isn't that what he won with or we no Tequila yet? Sunrise? Okay.
3: And it's uh it's actually Chavo senior submission hold. As a matter of fact, just little significance wow. there. And uh and Ray ended up tapping. And so your new tag team, your SmackDown tag team champ is uh, Eddie and Chavo. Los Guerrero's. So there you go.
2: In honor of Chavo Classic this week, we have yeah. a, a, a Guerrero win. Yeah, I I thought I saw the very tail end. I thought he won with the lasso from El Paso, but well, they called the, uh, the
3: uh, Tequila Sunrise. So I'm. I, could be the same thing.
2: It's all good. I, so, this match was worth watching? I mean, I might go back you and watch it. You need to go
3: back and watch it. This this is my match of the night. Wow, okay. Like, this really, yeah, you missed out. This one, this is my match of the night. If you're not counting the chamber, obviously.
2: As far as match of the night being the chamber, I thought the Triple H and HBK portion of the chamber was the match of the match of the night. The the first portion, well, yeah. of the, the first portion of the chamber I had a, I had some problems with. Right. Well, we're about to get into. It, yeah. So, let's Kane is shown backstage getting ready and then now it's time to uh a little surprise introduction for the uh Madison Square Garden because a big fan favorite of ours is uh, about to debut here. But first, Chris Nowinski comes out. He's now a concussion specialist, but he was Chris Harvard at the time. And he had a lot of potential. This character had a lot of potential. Yeah, Christopher Nowinski was a uh, Harvard grad. Harvard grad, brilliant minded. Sort of like, sort of like a modern day version of the genius kind of yes. thing. Where he's he's better than you. He's smarter than you. You're stupid. Whatever. Matt Hardy comes out, and instead of attacking Nowinski, he joins in. Matt Hardy v one on whether or not the New York fans are losers or stupid. Correct. They have a big
3: discussion
2: to... uh, Yes.
3: And so then they decide at the very end they're looping.
2: (laughs) Is that true? I swear to God. Okay. Wow. We're in New York City. You know who they should have sent out to beat him up? The Brooklyn Brawler. That'd been awesome, actually. But who did they send out? It's the debut. The television... Well, he was on Confidential. That doesn't count. It's the in-ring debut, technically. In WWE, the re-debut... Oh, Big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner. And he comes out, and he beats the shit out of uh, Chris Nowinski and V1. He press slams. I think he press slams Matt Hardy, runs them out of the ring, grabs the mic, and, uh, <laughs> hey, Big Papa Pump's got your hookup. Holler if you hear me. He's a man of many words. You know what? I actually thought he didn't look as jacked here as he's been. Well, this is for
3: all my freaks in New York City. Big Papa Pump's your hookup. Holler if you hear me and he dropped the mic. He just like spiked it. And back, done.
2: Backed up, posed. It was it was awesome. Good payday. It was a great payday actually. The crowd when he came out, I found this kind of funny. The crowd was barking. I think they wanted Rick Steiner too. If if I really wish they'd signed Rick Steiner too. I don't Even know why. Even just to they, be his manager. I don't know why they didn't. I think I I think I like I'm starting to like Rick Steiner better as we watch these older shows. I kept telling you, man, Rick was my favorite over Scott. And if they had signed him, like I said, if he doesn't want to, if even if he didn't want to wrestle, just to be his manager, yeah, just he would, he's a, he's a great personality, yeah. So uh, the the crowd, I'm sure, was disappointed when we got no Rick Steiner. They did get Devon earlier, but no R- Rick. No Steiner. Rick. The the big controversy here, of course, is that Scott Steiner's a free agent and he has to choose between Raw and SmackDown. Raw or SmackDown. Yeah,
3: and uh, they kept saying, "Well, he's obviously here on." Survivor Series,
2: he's gonna let us know who he picks. No, yeah, he, he didn't. doesn't give a shit about that. No, our next review, Patrick, we're gonna find out what brand he signed with. Oh, okay. Time for the chamber match. So the chamber, it's gonna take a while to lower from the ceiling.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, this damn thing, you, it takes a little bit to once it lowers and to actually get it
2: secured it. to the to the ground and everything. So yeah. So Terry Runnels, who's now a backstage interview, runs down Shawn Michaels, who has a mom style haircut. You know, as much guff as they give AJ Styles for his hair? Sean's <laughs> looked... Yeah, you're right. This was the worst haircut. Right. Shawn Michaels. Tonight, Shawn Michaels' style was among the worst... This is the worst look i ever dated. Had. I've dated girls with this haircut. Okay, this is... Yeah. And his poo-brown pants that he wears in this match. Okay, well,
3: let's explain the pants when the, when the match starts, and I will tell you why. Okay,
2: that's fine. <laughs> there's, a, there's a hidden secret behind that. So but instead of getting an interview with Shawn Michaels, who would want to hear, "Oh, I don't know, the greatest wrestler, you know, next to Ric Flair, you know, speak." Fuck that. Time no. for an R&N news update about Randy Orton's injury, which I love the, this angle. I oh, love Oh, it was great because as soon as when he was out with his with his shoulder cuz he was a babyface before, generic bland babyface. Yeah. He gets hurt and and the crowd hated him. Yeah, he oh he did the old O lock the the Orton lock he yeah. was, he just sucked yeah and this totally revived him it was it was basically it was just like uh, die Rocky
3: die all over again yeah he sucked he was the blue chipper baby face kind of guy the fans hated him good looking yeah fans hated him so. What are you going to do? You're going to ram it down their throats more. After he gets hurt... You're... He gets a shoulder injury. Yeah. And, and that u- sexy stewardess hooked him up with an extra pillow. <laughs> so,
2: he had a nice flight This there. was important to break into <laughs> the yeah. pay-per-view to yes. let us know. Very important. So, I, I love this and N was... stuff. That was a great idea. And it just... Yeah, it just makes people... It just made it perfect heel. Way to, way to reintroduce... Yeah. It keeps them in people's memory. It... It gives him a character direction that he's just a pretentious prick, you know. Yeah and I I loved it. I don't know why the hell they don't do it with Seth Rollins. Right now. Well exact they 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 drop yeah. You're exactly right. They should Oh yeah, while he's hurt. While he's hurt right now as we speak. Yeah, keep him Be doing that shit
3: because not only is that gonna keep him fresh but he can make little jabs at Stephanie
2: and Triple H and shit, and it keeps that thing with momentum. I mean, or maybe send like have segments where Stephanie looks at her phone and she's getting Snapchats from him or yes, something. Or exactly, like he already threatened to show up at Triple H's door. Or, like have him show up at the door. You yeah, know? Just, just you know, just keep 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 him in people's minds. If know? people are injured, that doesn't mean they have to be off TV, right? He he's just. I mean, he's just in a knee brace. He yeah. can be sitting down. So he. Oh, I love! remember that great Roddy Piper segment when Roddy Piper interviewed Roddy Piper? That would be awesome if Just they did something that. like that. Yeah. So he's sitting down and he's giving a... you know he's gonna ask himself about Triple H or whatever yeah. you know that would th- I, I just love that was one of my favorite Roddy Piper things yes. ever yeah so RNN, RNN News good job I give WWE a lot of shit about their comedy writing and everything but this was a winner this one was a home run yeah and here we go another saliva song it's the same song we've heard now it's always there, to recap the this match right but then yes I skipped entrances and well, you skipped over the pr- the other... Pr- uh, you <laughs> I needed more over- saliva. You
3: skipped over the other promo then. Catch up with Triple H as he's getting ready to go to the ring. Okay. And he says the absolute greatest line ever. He goes, I've got a first-class ticket to hell. I just want to know who's going with me. With the straightest fucking face. And he turns and walks to the ring. Oh, my God. I got goosebumps because you are thinking now after seeing this thing hanging... And now hearing the world champion say that much of a drastic kind of, because he was like, "I came and looked at this earlier today, and I've got a first class ticket to hell." I just got one question: Who's going with me? And he turned and walks off, and I was like, "Shit, just got real." Like, here we go. It was. It's really. It's actually a really good <laughs> promo. Short, sweet, to the point. It was awesome.
2: So our participants for this first chamber match, it's all raw superstars. You didn't watch entrances, so I got
3: this. Yeah. Starting off, we have the one and only, the king of my world, being sung to the chamber by saliva, Chris Jericho. other than Booker T. Woo. Then we go on to Kane. Yay. Then we hit Shawn Michaels' music. And, and the place... the place went freaking nuts.
2: This is his only his second match back, really. Right. And he comes out,
3: and everybody's going nuts, and then they kind of get a little quieter because they're like, why the fuck is he wearing brown? And why does it only have an H on it? Let me explain this. It was actually the rest of his tights were supposed to be h you know bk all the way down his tights his tights weren't done in enough time for the pay-per-view so instead of pulling out an old I pair I think that's his bullshit excuse no I swear to god instead of pulling out an old pair he just went ahead and wore them anyway. God, they were ugly. And wrong. so, so that, is why, that is why it's a running joke. It's it is like, true. It's yeah,
2: they did, they did just have an H on it. Yeah. I mean, this is the worst. Look, I wasn't a huge fan of his little uh, hat and his little round glasses phase with his little sparkly yeah. doodads. Yeah. But man, like early that 90s. makes him look like a supermodel compared to these poop brown pants. Yeah. Brown. Yeah. Brown is not a flattering color to wrestle in, no matter who you are. I, I don't like Cactus know. Jack. I mankind don't. can ma- mankind look, looks okay in, in brown. Yeah. It looks like he borrowed Mankind's pants. But that is the backstory behind it.
3: All right. So then we then go on to have Triple H come out. Or no, you have Rob Van Dam come out. I'm sorry. And then Triple H was your last...
2: Your last person to come to the ring. Of course, yeah. Champ. And so the champs starting the match. Now that seems odd to me because he's a heel champ. He should get to pick what he wants he should be last in. Shouldn't that be the champion's option? Oh, he should be
3: he should decide what when he wants to like if he wants to go into a chamber or Yeah, he made that.
2: this hard on himself. If he had Bischoff took that out of his hands. But Bischoff's a heel GM though, right? He right. gave. I mean, he handed Triple H the belt, so right. they're in Kahoot So he should have made it easy for his boy. So should have, but I'm just saying the logic here. Also, of the guys in the ring, like the, you need to save those big guys, like Kane and Triple H, the guys that are going to gas quicker. You should save them towards the end. Booker T. Oh, this is Triple H got hurt really, really quickly oh, from in this match. RVD, yeah, yeah. Hurt him, and so
3: he was gassed pretty much the rest of the night because he couldn't. He was just gassed because he's a
2: he's a big man, and this match well, went he, almost he, 50 minutes. Half of his throat was crushed; he couldn't breathe. So you know, yeah, but that didn't happen. He was already slowing down. Oh yeah. So every five minutes, a superstar will get to exit a pod. This yes. is how the elimination chamber works. It's sort of like war games a little bit. Correct. We're going to start out with RVD and Triple H. So the fan favorite RVD. The crowd really was behind RVD here. Well, that's and, what they were
3: calling it. RVD was the fan favorite. Shawn Michaels was the sentimental favorite, and Triple H was the champion. And, and Kane it, was just there. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And you just that straight up shits on Jericho, our R, uh, Kane
2: and Booker T. <laughs> RVD back body drops Triple H onto the steel apron. Ouch. This is what they spent most of their time doing at first. is just using well, that. that steel guardrail that you're landing on, that ha- that does hurt like oh, hell. Oh, yeah. It has to. And then RVD's whipping him into the chains. And Triple H, next to Ric Flair, I can't think of a wrestler who's bladed more than <laughs> than Triple H. Within seconds, Triple H is bleeding here into this 40-minute match. He's already <laughs> bleeding. Like um, three minutes into the match, let's put yeah. that. <laughs> and it's not—I get it with with the chain link fence because there's some sharp shit on chain link. Yeah. But these are like regular chains on the elimination chamber. They're like—they're not. There's nothing that could cut you really right. on them. So, but what if you got thrown when they got thrown into the pods and got cut? I the, I can buy that. Yeah. I can buy the
3: that. The plexiglass sliced you open.
2: But yeah, you you're two minutes into the fucking match, man. You're already. Bleh just bleeding all over your face okay fine whatever go with it he he loves flair so <laughs> rvd and h you know they really just want to show you show off this floor and and the chains of the chamber rvd hits rolling thunder on triple h on the steel uh, there's floor. no way in hell i would have took that and the crowd loved
3: it the yeah crowd went. now that was that, d- that was a good pop But there's no way in hell if I was Triple H, I'd have took that.
2: RVD tries to go up to Jericho's pod to do a move, and as he goes up, he uh, flips him the bird. Says, hey pal, fuck you. And uh, gets up on his pod. Problem with these pods. It's chain link on top. So Jericho reaches up and stops him from hitting the five-star frog splash. Grabs RVD leg. Yeah. So instead, RVD has to hop down onto the turnbuckle and and settles for a spinning (sighs) leg drop onto Triple H. Y two J. The five minutes has already gone by. Y two J is the one released from the pod, which is apparently at random. The the lights flicker. It's all it is at random, but it is at random. But yeah, it's not really it, for somehow or another.
3: It followed their entrances.
2: <laughs> for some
3: for some reason, <laughs> it literally
2: followed their entrances. It's it's just. Sheer coincidence that the guy that got the biggest reaction, they saved him for last. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 odd how that works. I don't know how. It's crazy. Yeah, coincidence in wrestling is just so common. I mentioned here that RVD and Jericho, when they start work, they are just so much faster than Triple H. Oh yeah. RVD jumps onto the change of the chains of the chamber. That was an awesome spot. Yes. Yes, it was really cool. So he le he leapt from the turnbuckle onto the chains like Spider Man and then leaped onto Jericho. He was gonna go for like a crossbody on Jericho. Jericho
3: did. So what did he do? He just went like a flying cat and like literally just caught himself on the wall of the cell or of the chamber. And then when Jericho stands back up, he hits just, him. He hits him with another with a crossbody. It was
2: R V D chance start breaking out it here. Was,
3: it was move of this match. Yeah. Like seriously
2: Triple H hits a really nasty DDT on RVD and the wrestlers all sort of slow down here in the middle. Booker T is in next and he starts scissor kicking everyone and he cleans house. Does his spinner-rooney, and honestly that's pretty much the highlight of him in this match. Yeah, is, that T was did. his one he kicked everybody, did a spinner-rooney, goes sit in the corner, pins somebody, gets eliminated. That's Booker T's story. Yeah, but anyway, that's what he did. He gets in scissor kicks, spin-a-rooney. Uh, this is where Triple H gets injured. RVD climbs up to the top of a pod, and he's going to do his five star frog splash. Now, the problem with this move in this chamber in this current design in this 2002 design is that he can't get he can't stand all the way up. Right. He has to kind of hunch over. So
3: he he basically just has to kind of like fall. Instead of being able to jump. Right. Because of that, he couldn't get full extension on the five-star frog splash. His knee comes down, catches... Right in the esophagus. Catches crushes. Purple H right in the esophagus and crushes half of his throat. Yes. I mean, we're talking... He seriously had to be rushed to the hospital after this this match.
2: Finished the match, though. Yeah, he did finish the this match. Guy, this guy refuses to just... Get out of a match when he's really hurt, and and I started looking and and
3: and you see Hetner check with him, and Hetner throws up the injured yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, he did, and so and that's when they they started really prepping because they had ENT sneaking out to the to the ring to be able to as soon as this was over to jump in there and
2: get straight to him. So. For some reason though, from this move, they try to sell RVd's knee being injured from this move and I just thought that was every time he hits this five star frog splash no matter if he hits it cleanly or if he or if what happened to triple H yeah he always ends up hurting himself with it like he always yeah. goes like and like rolls around and this time he's he's selling his knee right and this is his own move. Right. So why keep doing a move that you keep hurting yourself with? You know, it's right. it's not worth it. Anyway, so they sell that RVD's got a bad knee. Well, Booker T takes advantage, hits a missile drop kick, and what the fuck were they thinking? Booker T pins RVD yeah. in this match, and the crowd boos the shit out of it. Why would you pin the guy that, that can go? They they never gave RVD a chance. They just never they did. They
3: didn't it. like RVD yeah. because
2: of his spot smoking. That's it. Well, in ECW. And ECW. Vince didn't make him, so fuck him. Booker then says, hey, Triple H is laying down hurt. I'll go try and cover him. But then H puts his foot on the ropes. Patrick Young, Patrick Young. We are in an elimination chamber. A chamber <laughs> of hell. No DQ. Now, I imagine in hell there are no rope breaks. <laughs> but for Triple H, <laughs> there's, th- a there's a rope break. And so he is saved... With a rope break. He didn't, he didn't, in, in
3: fairness, he couldn't get enough air in him to actually literally throw his shoulder up or kick out. Or In fairness, he really was injured, but Booker T should have known he was injured. Communication was lost somewhere in the context like, hey... Right. Leave him alone, give him some time. Why the fuck do you go over there and pin him and put the guy in that situation?
2: Probably just to kill some time before they could get one of the pods open or something. Something. Um, Later on in the match, uh, it's either Triple H or or HBK is in the walls of Jericho, and he tries crawling towards the ropes. Yeah. So he didn't make it there. No. But give me a break, guys. Yeah. Let's chill out on the fucking rope breaks. So, Booker T... Booker T hits a big Alabama slam on Jericho and gets a two count. Kane is out next. He's still rocking his mask, thank God. He throws <laughs> when they took the mask off him, it's oh it was all over. Did Je- you like this version of Kane? This yes. mask?
3: Yes. Over the old one or no? Yes. I liked I liked this so one. So this one, like two thousand one, two thousand two, Kane was your favorite? I thought the
2: first mask was was cool, but I like this one better. I like it better than the current one he wears. That's what I was thinking, it. but I mean, I, I agree with you. I was just curious. And when they took the mask off of him, they just to me it just killed him. It killed his career. Well, not not his career. I mean, he's still going. It killed. He's never going to have another title run or anything like that, though. Yeah, I mean, how can you fear a big? Uh, uh, he's actually a pretty nice looking guy. And, yeah. And a big bald guy, you know. He's yeah. He's not very intimidating looking. Right. Who, by the way, has been in like 20 Royal Rumbles and has never won one. It's just incredible. Like 19. You would, you
3: would think it'd be about time. And you? they didn't
2: put him in this year. Yeah. Look, and I usually complain about seeing Kane, but I like him in the Rumble. That's yeah. just his place. He throws Jericho like a dart into the chain, sort of like how uh, the NWO threw Mysterio into the trailer back in the day. He throws him through the glass pod, the first breaking of the pod, which would become a staple of Elimination Chamber matches. And while Jericho gets thrown through the pod, he spends a few minutes uh, blading. Yeah, (laughs) a lot. (laughs) Well, at first the camera cut away, and I was like, good job, camera. Like, uh, Kevin Dunn, you're cutting away. We're not going to see what's going on, but yeah, he spends an eternity. In, well, he also has to sell that he got thrown through, but you can tell he's working on it for a while. And he doesn't... Jericho's not a big blader, you know? I've never thought of him as a guy that... And he didn't do... He, he didn't do the best job either. Yeah, he was... His crimson mask was not that crimson. It was a trickle. <laughs> yeah, it was a... It was, it was like... It was like at uh, WrestleMania X7 when Austin didn't like Rock's first blade job. I mean, Austin was like, you better blade some more, you motherfucker. <laughs> or whatever, so. Jericho wakes up eventually, hits a lion salt on Booker T. One, two, three, Booker T is eliminated. <laughs> Off a of lion salt. But now, there's only one man left in the pod, Patrick. Mm-hmm. And he is the showstopper. And the crowd knows that it's only gonna be a few more seconds until Shawn Michaels and his hideous brown tights will be hitting the ring. The timer ticks down, the pot opens up, and the place goes wild! Because Shawn Michaels is back in the ring in poop brown tights ready to fight. And as soon as he gets in, what does he do first? Oh, he gets the shit kicked out of him by Kane. But that's fine, because Kane choke slams him, Triple H, and Y2J. He calls for a tombstone on Triple H, but of course, Triple H counters. And as as soon as Triple H counters out of the tombstone, his good buddy Shawn Michaels super kicks Kane. Then Triple H hits him with a pedigree. And then Jericho lion salts him. So he, he j- took all three in a matter of like 30 seconds. And Kane is eliminated to a few booze. Some people were pissed. there. Yeah, they were. Kane was still slightly, some people loved him still. HBK chants start breaking out. Now, we talk, I talked about how easily Triple H bleeds and how much he loves to bleed. Well, he, how much he loves to bleed. Well, HBK starts bleeding from punches from Y2J. I don't think, for some reason, I don't think Sean wanted to do it himself. So he had uh, Jericho and Triple H. So you could see them, you know... Working, they either did it the hard way or they had they were doing it for him. But just office did it the hard way a little bit, and then just to kind of
3: but anyway, weaken the skin to where he could do it a little. You know, I don't. But so
2: now, yes, now yeah,
3: because you see triple, you see uh, Chris Jericho like ripping his forehead. Oh yeah, like spreading it apart. Oh yeah, he bleed,
2: son of a bitch. Oh yeah, bleed, and And I'm going. Damn. <laughs> oh yeah, and he's he's yelling at Triple H tearing to his scalp. Jericho was great with yeah. the the screaming across the ring. Triple H takes Sean's face and grinds it into the cage uh, chains. Jericho back body drops HBK on the steel floor. Jericho hits the lion's salt on Shawn Michaels. But Shawn, he's not like Booker T. He kicked out. And the crowd goes wild. HBK then does the unthinkable and applies the walls of Jericho to Chris Jericho. But Triple H DDTs him, which I thought logically, why? Just let him tap out to the move. But whatever. So now Triple H and Jericho argue because now we've got dissension. Now now things aren't going so smoothly. And Jericho slaps the shit out of Triple H. (laughs) Good for him. It's rare to see Triple H get his comeuppance, and I'm glad Jericho slapped the shit out of him. Jericho applies the Walls to Triple H this time, but as Triple H tries to get to the ropes again because he gets rope breaks in this elimination chamber, his old buddy Shawn Michaels comes to the rescue again. Super kicks Chris Jericho and gets the pin, and Jericho is eliminated. HBK chance breakout, and now it's between the two former best friends. That fought almost to the death just a few months earlier. Can the champ do it? Can can, or can he's been in the match? The emotional favorite. I mean, the champ's been in the match the longest. He's gone through the most punishment. I mean, he can't breathe. Right. And it was obvious through this match. I mean, it was obvious. But at the same time, HBK ring rust, bad back, (laughs) old man. Who knows how much longer he'll be wrestling? Right. So, here we go. <laughs> Triple H hits Yarn yarn Anderson spine buster on Sean on that bad back, that injured back, that yep. surgically repaired back. But Sean kicks out at two. HBK decides, you know what, I'm going to try to pedigree you for once. But he gets catapulted into another pod. We're losing a lot of money on these pods tonight. Plexiglass. Yeah. They need a new Plexiglass provider because these things are breaking all over the place. And you talk about blood at this one time. Oh, yes. He bladed and he
3: bled worse than a pig. I mean, he And they've really... had several matches together where they just both end up... And he was full-blown. We're talking about, like, turn the water faucet on.
2: Yeah, he he, he needed was, a transfusion at yeah. the end of this. Match. He went to the
3: hospital to get one. Like <laughs> uh,
2: there's there's no way in hell he didn't. So after that, the cerebral assassin Triple H gets the upper hand for a while with some strikes. Sean climbs up to a pod and drops his signature elbow onto Triple H, which I'm sure Triple H did not appreciate <laughs> no. uh, from what happened earlier in the match. But it's, it looked great. Then Sean goes to the corner. And he tunes up the band. But Triple H has him well scouted. I mean, they are best friends. And he stops the uh, Sweet Chin music and pedigrees him. But Triple H is too worn out to pin Shawn Michaels, so he can't capitalize. He eventually does finally roll over. Gets a hand on Shawn Michaels. One, two, kick out! Wow! Wow! HBK chance breakout. The place is going nuts. Because everybody pretty much wrote him off. That was it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Then Triple H said, you know what? Why not just do it again? You know, how many pedigrees will it take? We're about to find out. So Triple H picks him up for the pedigree again. But instead, Sean reverses it. And a super kick out of nowhere covers. Triple H for the one, the two, and the three. And the roof explodes off of Madison that Square Garden. Price went nuts. And Sean gets his huge world title win, a standing ovation from the sold out Madison Square Garden. They They brought in confetti cannons, and now there's confetti raining down. Sean's covered in blood. And I'm gonna include Jim Ross's call at the end of this match because it was awesome. Yeah. JR really just sold the shit out of this, but what a moment. What a what a last segment to the elimination chamber. Yeah. And now my I only have a few complaints about the elimination chamber. And this is every elimination chamber. This match or I was gonna say just this, in general. Oh, okay. And any match where it's a multi-man match and there's a title on the line, okay. I'm only going after the champ. I'm going after the champ first, no matter what. Yeah. Unless I have a serious blood feud with someone else, where I I don't even give a shit. Right. But in this match, it didn't seem like the other combatants had that. Like Kane and Booker T had nothing going on with one another
3: that's so I, I agree with you because that's a point just like in a regular cage match yeah the point of a cage match is so the heel can't keep getting away from you right so when you get in a, like a, a cage match or, or a you know or a chamber or something like that the heel needs to get his ass kicked worse than anybody else in the rest of the match
2: My logic is just that even if I don't win the match, The only way we're gonna get a new champion, we have to take him out. The champion, we have to beat the champ. So I'm gonna focus only on the champ. Right. Even when I come in, even if I'm a face, heel doesn't matter. That's the only person I'm going after is the champ, and I'm gonna make sure that he's eliminated first. And that's why I liked Cena getting getting tossed first. Yeah. Because that makes sense. You're guaranteed a new champ, and that
3: adds to the to the match for the crowd's like, oh, we know we're getting a title change, but
2: who the hell is it? And and if you're not going to do it that way, like they didn't do it here, Triple H didn't need to be the Iron Man in this match and go the distance. Not after he got hurt. Well, not not even just that. I'm just saying... It could have come down to... It had to come down between him and Shawn. That was the right decision. Okay. But I think you should have started it out with RVD and Jericho. Or they... No, because RVD's a face and Jericho's a heel. It would have been fine. Yeah. And it would have been exciting. Yeah. And they wouldn't have gassed out very quickly. And then let the other guys come in and, you know, have... I would have Triple H come in maybe one pod before... Not the very next pod be Sean, but maybe have, like, someone in... Have Kane in between them or something. So that way you get the reaction of Triple H saying you know looking at the pod saying oh my god he's a, here he comes because yeah. because that was the that was the only real blood feud in the match right other than my nitpicking about just multi man matches man this the the last section of this the crowd reaction jr's call the idea to bring confetti to make this a wrestlemania type moment even though yeah. it was just perfect yeah it was just a a very good match i it's the first time i'd ever seen it i knew the result but uh, oh, very, it's the first time you'd ever seen the match. Yeah, really? Yeah, I I knew the result from. Yeah, I, I that was this was back in the day when I didn't watch much, but I but I knew I knew that Sean was back, and I knew that he had won the belt. But and by the way, this is a belt that Triple H was just handed originally. Yeah, so it was good that they changed it here. What are your thoughts on the match? Anything to add here? I think it's a lot like Mick Foley and
3: Undertaker. Hell in a Cell. You can't top the first one.
2: Yeah, good point. Good point.
3: Well, and... Because really and truly, I mean, you you look back at it now, all the other Elimination Chambers we've watched, now that you've seen this one, was it really better than this one? Well, and... Each one of them has their own little standouts, like Goldberg... Kicking through the glass, or the plexiglass. And, and the
2: spear through the glass and, the spear and stuff. Glass, like, like, yeah. But once you see the glass break the first time, it's like you're just seeing different variations of the same yeah. thing. So that's, yeah, you, good point. Good, That's an excellent point. It, it, it's just like the first, well, the Mankind the mankind, Undertaker Hell in a Cell had the greatest spots that you'll ever see yeah. in a Hell in a Cell. So there's really, everything that's come after it, Just it won't measure up. And just, just like this match... And not only that, but the emotion of having Sean's return. I mean, this guy was. I mean, everyone thought he was done. I yeah. mean, unless unless we get like unless like Cena has some sort of cat. You know, I'm I'm not wishing a catastrophic injury, but say like like Edge decides yeah. like next week, like oh, you know what, I I can wrestle again, and then has. A, this is hard to recreate, and Sean yeah. being the greatest perform in ring performer of all time, too. It's just yeah, yeah.
3: They're, 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 this just – it's – it had everything. I mean, it you can't – I mean, and and it don't get me wrong. I love Elimination Chamber matches. You can't top this first one, man.
2: Well, and now, and now we're in the, the non-blading, the PG era, and so it's got to be – it's even more watered down. Right. So at least they did redesign the cage uh, for this year's, and they, they're trying to, you know – make some adjustments but yeah, uh, yeah I, I I really enjoyed the show I hate that I missed that one match but it's been just a crazy week for me in my work and personal life and I'm I'm sorry that I didn't watch that one match you're good um, but I'm glad that we're back here together and I'm glad to uh, I'm glad you got back into the states okay <laughs> oh yeah well now that we've well, let's rate the show on our rating scale, and then I'll then I'll just talk some bullshit for a second. Uh, <laughs> on our rating scale, from Hornswoggle to Giant Gonzalez, uh, in terms of height, where would you rank All the way. Survivor Series two thousand two? All the way. Really? So this is on the same level for you as King of the Ring ninety eight and X seven.
3: All the way. Whew. This, this pay per view had it all. It had a new match. It had excitement of a return. It had a, an unbelievable women's match. It had, I mean, title changes. It had, you know, gimmick matches like the table match that was really entertaining every single there was not a match on this let's see one, two, three, four. Six card match or six, Very easy six watch. six card show even big show and Lesnar <laughs> well what you can say was the what you could say was the worst match of the card was is a, is a really easy watch
2: yeah so yeah I'm going all the way to the top I am going to give this a Dale Torborg, a WCW Kiss Demon. A very tall man. Uh, He's not... It's not a perfect show. Uh, There's minor tweaks that I would have made, but uh, an easy watch. I definitely recommend everybody who likes pro wrestling to, to watch the show. Well, now that we've reached the end of the wrestling section... Oh, well, I'll tell us where we're going next week. This was of course Survivor Series 2002 Patrick and my most memorable moment wasn't even the match. It was when the big bad booty daddy big papa pump Scott Steiner debuted in the WWE or re-debuted, I mean. Yeah. In the WWE. And you know what? That really made me want to relive the classic match between Triple H and Big Papa Pump at the Royal Rumble from 2003. So next week, we will see the disastrous match that essentially cost Scott Steiner his job. Royal Rumble 2003, Triple H, Scott Steiner with Ric Flair at ringside for the World Heavyweight Champion. What can we say? Retro Wrestling Podcast is your hookup. Holler if you hear me. That's right. Now, just into... Now we're going to bullshit for a little bit. No, I'm just going to about your about your vacation. Well, because no, I the, just,
3: the world wants to know
2: how your Puerto Rico vacation well, went. Puerto Rico was fine. Okay. It's great. It's a home of, of a lot of great pro wrestling. I didn't, did you see any? I did not see any. Okay. Now, we're already three hours into this, so I'm going right. to keep it very quick. But I do have one grievance, one very big grievance to file. And that is with a certain airline company called American Airlines. Now, I have flown American before. I really just don't care who I fly with. I just pick the cheapest tickets. I don't really care. That's your first mistake right there. Exactly. You only fly first class. I understand. Exactly. You're a jet
3: jet flying or... Limousine riding, jet flying, wheeling, dealing. Kiss dealing, wheeling dealing, son of a gun.
2: Yeah. Well, I usually fly in coach. And I fly cheaply. American Airlines was just the provider for this. On the way down there... Okay, so first of all, our pathway to Puerto Rico made very little sense because we drove to fly... You can't fly out of our hometown of Chattanooga. It's too expensive. You can't go anywhere cheaply out of Chattanooga. One time I flew to New York City out of Chattanooga to New York City. It cost me $500. Round trip for two people, for me and my girlfriend to go to Puerto Rico... It only cost us a little under 400 That's for two people, round trip. So I got to Puerto Rico, which is basically another country. It's, it's a commonwealth yeah. of the United States. Right. Cheaper than I can go to New York City. It, it <laughs> makes no sense. But anyway, so our, our departure flight, we go to Atlanta. No problems. This, we had a very great time in the Atlanta airport for once. We had a, the TSA line we got right through. We got on our flight to Charlotte. Easy flight. No big deal. Smooth. I couldn't even hear the uh, the landing the landing gear usually thuds when it comes up. But this this pilot, he did great. No big deal. Then we're in Charlotte. We'll fly from Charlotte to Puerto Rico. So it's time to board the plane. We get on the plane. We're your taxiing. We're ready to go. Uh, this is your captain speaking, uh... We've had a, a general aviation problem, so Charlotte has closed one of the runways down, and we are currently 28th in line to take off in a line of airplanes. 28th in line. There are 28 planes, they're, big planes. that are taking off before you. Lined up, yeah, and I mean, ta- t- taxi to the end of the runway. So we yeah. are at the tail end of the longest line and this crew you know i'm not asking for you to come give me a hug and say oh i'm so sorry i'm so sorry for the delay cuz it's not it's not in the airline's control yeah but they could at least come around and say are you thirsty would you like a snack or you know whatever we're not on we're not in the air it's not dangerous or whatever right. a guy a guy got up to try to go to the bathroom, because we're going to be on the... We were we sat on the runway for 50 minutes. A guy got up to try to go to the bathroom. The flight attendant, uh, sir, don't go to the bathroom. You can't get up right now. And also, this plane... <laughs> Where the hell are y'all going to go? It's not it's moving. <laughs> no, it's creep. When we do, we inch for... It's like being stuck in a traffic jam. Okay. And Hopefully. like... And then... <laughs> Also, this plane, this particular plane, had no in-flight entertainment, no TVs. There's nothing to look at. The back, the back, <laughs> back headrest. Yeah, the back headrests on most planes now have monitors with all sorts of shit on. Nothing here. Okay. This plane didn't even have a VCR. <laughs> so, that was bad. But bring your A track. <laughs> that was bad. But then on our way back, now. When you fly, you have to check in. I understand the process of checking in. You can do it by your phone. You can get on the computer. You just check in and say, yeah, I'll be at the airport. I'll see you then. We get to the airport. Our, our plane leaves at 3.50 in the afternoon. And the the San, San Juan Airport is a lot like our Chattanooga Airport. It's It's a little bit bigger, but it's not... It's not Atlanta. It's rather small that's yeah. what you're getting at. So you can get through security quickly, and so there's no need to get there two to three hours early just to sit around on your hands. So I said, you know, we'll get there about an hour early. We'll be fine. Take the rental car back. No problems. Drop it off. We walk in. I go up to the little kiosk to print out our tickets. I type in all my information. Then it says oh, we're sorry. Please go see an attendant. And I'm like, uh, excuse me? (laughs) And it prints out a little sheet of paper that says, unfortunately, your check-in time has passed. Please go see uh, someone at the desk. And the line to get to the desk to talk, we're going to miss our flight now. Now I'm fucked. Now I'm like, I was so mad, Patrick. I... Have been angry in front of my girlfriend only a couple times where I'm physically, like... There's only one time I've ever seen you physically, like, get pissed.
3: Well, what was that over? That was a trip to Atlanta. Um, We don't need to cover it
2: on air. Proceed. Just explain. Flat tire? Oh, the flat tire. Not fine in strip club. That didn't make me that angry, though. That was... It's like getting a flat tire on the way to an NFL game too. It was a, you and I when we traveled together for a while. You're just getting flat tires every yeah. time we went somewhere. Uh, I've only been angry enough to like strike something, like not a person, <laughs> yeah, but like, like pound like the desk because I'm angry. Yeah, I've only done that once before, and it was because I couldn't find my car keys, and at the time I only had one, and I need to get to work. I was running late. And so I needed and so Monica had to drive me and I was so upset with myself for losing my car key. I was like just banging on her dash and I was just like losing my mind. But now American Airlines is going to make me miss my flight home. And so as we're standing in line, you know by by the time we made it to the desk, we could have made it through security and gotten on the plane. But so as we're waiting in line, I'm just fuming mad because I'm thinking she's going to say, "Oh, well, it's going to cost you extra money because you've got to book a new flight or or whatever, and so I'm, like, kicking my carry-on luggage. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, fuck, fuck, fucking shit. This is fucking bullshit. This is, and just, and I'm sure the people around me thought, uh-oh, this guy, this yeah. guy might lose his mind. Yeah. But most of, some of them, since we were in Puerto Rico, a lot of them didn't speak English, so I'm glad. <laughs> uh, but we made it to the flight counter, and the lady was was kind. She did not scold me for being late. And we asked her, like, oh, what's the cutoff time for this, What's the cutoff time for this check in policy? And she was like, Oh, it's an hour. So we might have missed it by like five or ten minutes. But had I known there was a cutoff time, I would have checked in way before. Okay. Or whatever. But she booked us on a different flight, one that went through Miami and then to Atlanta. And so the the plane from San Juan to Miami was fine. Then we get to Miami. It's time to leave Miami to go to Atlanta. So we're sitting on this plane. This plane has entertainment. It's nice. It's a nice... The, the the two planes back were very nice. Uh, it's, time, it's time to go on this plane, but we're sitting around, and then the captain comes on. Uh, this is your captain speaking, um... Yeah, there's a maintenance guy that needs to sign off on the piece of paper before we can fly. There's nothing wrong with the plane, but uh, we just need to. He needs to sign off before we can fly. Uh, The guy that needs to sign the piece of paper didn't show up for another 45, 50 minutes. (laughs) So we we sat on this plane. But it was good because it had movies and stuff. Like, I ended up. I watched the reboot of Ghostbusters, which stunk. Don't watch it. But, uh, and then. Then the, the kicker, the final thing, the final kick in the pants. Well, of course, we get to Atlanta late. We get to Atlanta late. And uh, so when we go, when our plane goes to the gate, there's already a plane at our gate. So now we have to sit and wait for this plane to leave to get to our gate. So we were supposed to be back in Atlanta at 9.50 at night. And so we could have been home at Chattanooga by about midnight. We got back at 2 in the morning. Which, look, there's much more bigger things in the world to complain about. There are terrible things in the world going on. But this, for whatever reason, this just... It pissed you off. Yeah, it 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 was just one out. It was just a hit. It was just hit after hit after hit this week. Patrick and just... And that was just the start of my week because you got back in town, and now you have a ton of shit to deal with today, oh, or yeah. tomorrow and Tuesday, oh, and so then yeah. So I mean, after all, all that, I didn't know that that was the easiest part of my week so far. Right, but then right. I come back, you know, we need to do our show, right? And then you learn that all these these great wrestlers have passed away, so that bums me out. Yeah. Then I have a coworker whose mom had throat cancer; she passed away while I was gone. Right. My cat that I grew up with that my mom takes care of now, she thinks she might have to have her put down on Tuesday. I've got a lot of uh, co-workers at one of my other jobs are leaving. Uh, One of them is retiring, who's been in the business for 45 years. I've got a crazy schedule between all my jobs this week, and so this was just... For some reason, I think it all comes back to this plane. For whatever, all the bad, the the, the domino effect, I think started there. But keep, I'm glad. I keep telling you,
3: man, you don't need to leave the country. <laughs> One of these days, they're not going to let you back in. Yeah. Well, <laughs>
2: President Trump, you might be right. Um, but I'm glad that we've had this time together. Yeah. It's been three hours shooting the shit about pro wrestling, and uh, yeah. As I mentioned last week, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, we had our best week ever uh, a couple weeks ago. Our Four Horsemen episode, still crushing it. Still getting a lot of listens, so awesome. thank you for suggesting that one. Um, you can download it today, subscribe on iTunes, leave us a review. That'd be great. We're on iTunes, Google Play Music, Downcast, SoundCloud. You can go to our website, RetroWrestlingPodcast.com. You can go to our Twitter page, which is Twitter.com slash uh podcast because retro wrestling podcast twitter won't let me put that many letters in a username for whatever reason so we're retro w podcast on twitter and of course our facebook page retro wrestling podcast the original one which i'm slightly there's there's another podcast we started our podcast the start of september of 2016 correct and wouldn't you fucking know it patrick but a couple weeks later, there's a podcast called Our Vantage Point, and guess what? It says at the bottom of their podcast, retro wrestling podcast.
3: I, I feel a lawsuit coming.
2: <laughs> no, look, we're the first, damn it. No, no, it's. It, I, I I don't. I, it doesn't bother me because there are thousands of of wrestling podcasts. Anyone can use the names or whatever. I just thought it was very coincidental. Yeah. That we started this thing. And then just a few weeks later, someone else is using that exact same term. I was the first person to start
3: wearing first referee to start wearing gloves during when blood was being spilled in the match for safety reasons. Two months later, WWE implemented it. Crazy. So
2: I mean think just things like that. Yeah. It's crazy how the world works sometimes. Yep. But look hey, go listen to their podcast, listen to every wrestling podcast, which by the way But we're the best. Well, yes, of course, we're the best, but uh, as I manage our Twitter page, Patrick, there are thousands, thousands of wrestling podcasts out there. I was unaware of what a crowded market we're in, uh, but we're going to stick with it. We're going to keep talking about old shitty wrestling shows and uh, having some fun, if that's okay with you. I'm, I'm all on board. All right, man, well... That does it for episode 24. We are almost almost halfway through a year's worth of retro wrestling podcasts. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it is. Eventually, we're... If we keep doing it weekly, we're gonna start running. I mean, low on shows, but you know, we're gonna end up. Well, at that point in time, we'll we'll start. Hitting. We'll start reviewing Thunder. You know, we'll be. We'll be yeah. At, we'll go to YouTube and watch a show or something. We'll, yeah, CZW Tournament of Death. You love that? Yeah, it'd be great. I well, no man. Some of them, some of those matches are ugly. Well, that does it for this week in the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm intern Alex.
3: I'm the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick
2: Young. Saying, as always, my closing line's a clothesline. Bingo. You're a bingo. We did it.
0: all over the world right now, J.R. Nobody believes this. Tom Michaels is the heavyweight champion. Oh! Look at this! My oh God, can you believe it? It may be the world's biggest celebration. I know it been said before. But in the WWE, do you believe in miracles? Tom Michaels believes in himself. I believe in his ability to win this match and he has survived it. I'm not just a boy. I'm just a sexy boy. Yo, look at this beast. I've never seen it like it. This be Times Square and New Year's Eve, doesn't it? What a night. A sold-out Madison Square Martin. The Survivor Series. <laughs> Here's how it down. A sudden in the head of and bam, boom, the front of Sweet music. My God, I don't believe it. I'm not believing this night. John Michael has he's done the impossible, Jr. John Michael's is back in the record books. John Michael's is back on John Shawn Michaels is the man, Shawn Michaels is the world's heavyweight champion. In his own words, JR, there's a new sheriff in town in the WWE. You better believe, you better believe,
4: he's our new world champion.